This week on the Tech Night How Live, we'll be featuring Ted Landau, and he's going to talk about all the problems with Apple's iCloud. We'll hear direct from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine, and Bill Vlahos will explain what InfoWallet is all about. All this and more this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. We have our user-friendly person. Ted Landau, longtime Mac expert and troubleshooter. But today we're going to start talking about something that may have something to do with Apple, but not necessarily the Mac. Obvious questions, Ted, to welcome you aboard for the new year. You have a flat panel TV at home, right? Absolutely. What kind do you have? How old is it? To be honest, I have three different ones for three different rooms. <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah, yeah. I have a 32-inch Sony in my bedroom, a 37-inch Samsung in my uh, living room, and then in our home theater setup, I have a 55-inch Sony. These are all fairly recent, last couple of three years. Four, I think for the 32-inch Sony, I think it might be four or five years. Okay, so the issue, of course, is that in theory, a well-designed flat panel TV, plasma, or LCD should last, what, 10 years? Yeah. I say. I mean, if you're talking about how long it has to last before it breaks down or, be, or before the technology has gotten so out of date that you seem forced to get a new one, I would say 8 to 10 years, yeah. Okay, so you have them three or four years, and now there are stories that Apple might, sometime in 2012, mm-hmm. produce their own flat panel TV with the code cracked to go back to that book from Walter Isaacson that Steve Jobs said to him, I crack the code about making this super simple-to-use TV set. So the question is, if Apple offered that set, and I guess the second qualifier is that they don't price it like the Bose TV set, which is $5,000, they price it within a normal range of what you expect for a premium flat panel Mm -hmm. TV set, would you buy one? Yes. Uh, It would depend to some extent, of course, on exactly what I would be getting that would be more than what I have now, but I would anticipate that I would be getting enough that I would get it. Let's look at what you have now. You have the Sony, you have a Samsung. These are Mm -hmm. premium quality Mm -hmm. TV sets, Mm -hmm. great ratings, great picture, everything else. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at the sets, though, and obviously Apple's offering more, where do you think these sets are lacking? I assume that picture quality. I assume picture quality is pretty good. I assume that picture quality, too, yeah. I mean, if if someone said that the new Apple TV is going to essentially be what the $99 Apple TV is today, except they're going to build that hardware into a a box and they're going to license the LCD technology from Samsung and put it all together and call it an Apple TV, if that was essentially what we're talking about, I'd say forget it. I could just get the 99 uh, Apple TV and it may be a little bit more awkward to use, perhaps. I'd have to do switching of video inputs a little bit more than I might otherwise, but that'd be fine. I wouldn't bother. If nothing else, it would have the advantage of, of allowing me to connect that $99 device to whatever TV I get instead of having to get a, a 1000 or $2,000 TV every time I want to change. So, no, that wouldn't make it. So then so the question then becomes, what, what would an Apple TV have to have beyond all that that would make it worth it? And, and basically, I envision two things. One is that I envision it will incorporate 
a Siri type technology like from the iPhone 4S and that if it works well, and that's of course a big if, if it works well, it will greatly simplify the operation of the TV. Instead of having to juggle six remotes or a complicated universal remote and switch things around, I could say, for instance, I want to see the episode of Revenge that I taped last night and it would just do it. Or or I guess you could then say, look, I want to watch NCIS Los Angeles next Tuesday night. And it would record that and the entire series right. of new episodes. Or I want to know if there are any films right uh, that are on right now that star Daniel Craig. And they would show me that what film or coming up later this evening. And it would just show me all the possible Daniel Craig films that are on TV this evening. Things like that. Uh, if I could easily do something like that, or just change stations for that matter. You know, just say change to channel 723. If I could just do those sort of things quite easily, that alone would make it worth it. The other thing that I imagine it will do, however, is that in typical Apple fashion, I think think they will be looking to break the cord, so to speak, to the cable companies. And that rather than simply be an interface for enabling you to make using your Comcast cable system, for instance, simpler to use, they'll say, forget Comcast altogether. We're going to provide all that you want through the internet and it will be much more of an a la carte service so instead of getting ABC and CBS and NBC and I imagine to some extent you'll still be able to do that I don't think they'll totally get go away from that or I think it might be too unpopular but what they will emphasize is that you'll be able to get programs much along the line that we we're just talking about that in a ma- manner similar to how it works say on Hulu or something like that or even on, on Apple's own iTunes where you'll just connect to the internet and you'll be presented with a list of the shows that you can watch well you can watch Justify or you can watch NCIS or you can watch and you just click on or, or use Siri to, to speak uh, which ones you want and bingo you're playing it and, and you could get subscriptions like you can in iTunes for some minimal fee so rather than pay $150 a month to Comcast you can say these are the six series that I want to watch over the next few months and they'll charge you, you know, whatever $5, $10 a month to view those series and you'll wind up watching what you want in a much more convenient way at half the price. Okay well of course there are other considerations here, which is part of the problem with content. So, for example, mm-hmm. say any of the companies like Comcast, which now is the majority owner of NBC Universal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when they make a deal with, say, Cox, Comcast, DirecTV, mm-hmm. they don't just sell you, say, USA Network mm-hmm. or the ability to carry, of course, the NBC stations. They say you're going to get the NBC stations, you're going to get MSNBC, CNBC, you're going to get USA Network, Sci-Fi Channel. Mm-hmm. You're going to take 12. You can't right. just get one. Fox does the same thing, News Corporation. Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. get one, you have to take 12. And the other mm-hmm. issue is, which is a problem with negotiations, is we don't just want to watch the series TV. We want to watch cable news. We want to watch CNN. We want to watch Fox News. We mm-hmm. want to watch the CBS Evening News or NBC mm-hmm. Nightly News. We want to be able to see things that are part of a wider spectrum. So, yeah, the series TV, you know, the 10, 12, 20 series that we watch every month, Mm -hmm. that's one thing. But then we want to watch the live events, the Mm -hmm. cable news, the network news, all this stuff. Can they get Mm -hmm. those deals? Well, first of all... I said I would get the TV if it was able to do these things. Whether or not they really are going to be able to do these things is, like you say, a very open question. And a lot of it depends on what sorts of licensing deals that they can get with the content providers. And I think that's a big struggle. And I, and I probably go so far as to say that if that had been solved without any problem, we might be seeing an Apple TV tomorrow, if not already 
for sale. And I think more than, any, more than any hardware or software problem, I think it's the licensing deals that are holding up how this whole thing is going to work. And to some extent, Apple can't design the software until it knows what sort of licensing arrangement it's going to have. So I, I think that's holding ev- everything up. As far as getting the stations, you know, if you want to see the evening news or CNN, I think that's a difficult one. I think at some level, Apple is going to have to provide that because if somebody is going to make this their only TV, not everybody is like me that has three TVs. Uh, so if, if you're going to buy a big TV like that and expect it to be your only TV or the one that you watch 90% of the time in your house or whatever, uh, then you're going to want it, at least most people are going to want it to be able to have it do those things. And I think Apple will have to provide some way to allow you to do that, at least initially. But well, I, Of course, I, they'll have to provide the off-air tuner. So you can yeah. basically put up your antenna, watch the local broadcast if that's what you still want. They're going to have to provide the four or three HDMI ports so you can hook in the Blu-ray player or anything that you want. And if you decide... I don't want iTunes. I'd still rather have DirecTV or whatever. Mm. You have that option. Apple can't close that off. Uh, yes, absolutely. But beyond that, you know, and I'll show my age here, I have a son who's now 30, going on 31 years old, and he has a lot of friends, obviously, in that age bracket. In talking to them, it becomes clear that a lot of them, including my son, care very little about watching the evening news or CNN headline news. They, My son is one of those people, for instance, that has already broken the cord. He doesn't have Comcast. He doesn't even bother to get a, a live feed from an antenna into his TV. All of his TV watching now is via uh, is via discs and streaming and and iTunes and uh, and things like that. And so basically, he doesn't he doesn't watch live TV anymore, and he's pretty content with that. And I think uh, the younger generation is moving that in moving that direction. They'll get their live news from from video on on, on YouTube and on the internet, and, and the heck with you know the evening news. The Evening News is, is for people who are over 50 already. If you look at the advertisements. Uh-huh, we know that. We've got yeah. Ted Landau, and he's presenting his user-friendly view. We're talking mm-hmm. about the possibilities of an Apple-connected, integrated ITV, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you know that Where To is a worldwide location finder for the iPhone? It allows you to easily find the closest and best-rated restaurants, shops, and services with an easy, intuitive interface. And my personal favorite, an augmented reality view to see the results in 3D. You can find it at the App Store or from this direct link, wheretoapp.com slash T-N-O, wheretoapp.com slash T-N-O. Check it out. Hi, friends. This is Jeremiah from Zeobit, the makers of MacKeeper. MacKeeper is a bundled software of 16 of the most important system utilities all located in one place. It's a really powerful and cool application that includes anti-theft, antivirus, data encryption. You can undelete files, back up your data, and so much more. We offer lifetime customer support with every license, and we really do care about you and your Mac. For more information, check us out at MacKeeper.com. Once again, that's Mac. Keeper.com. Hi, Mike Penz with Midas Resources Incorporated, Senior Monetary Specialist. With foreign countries going bankrupt and states within the United States going bankrupt, not to mention all the Ponzi schemes in the marketplace, do you think your money and investments are safe? Of course not. Call me, Mike Penz, 1-800-686-2237, extension 181. I can help answer any questions you have about protecting your money, whether it be personal possession or holding precious metals in an IRA. Gold carries a 6,000-year history that is the only real and lasting money 
money in the world. Paper currencies have come and gone. Governments have toppled. The world map has changed many times, and yet gold still thrives in almost every country. Gold is the ultimate store of wealth. Central banks continue to maintain reserves of gold. Common sense begs the question, why? Let me help you answer that question. Call me, Mike Pence, 1-800-686-2237, extension 181. Call now, and I will send you free information on precious metals. Call Mike Pence, one 800 extension 181. Introducing a diabetes breakthrough, an easy, natural, organic way to bring relief to diabetics. Introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super strength extract formulated for those who are looking for relief. What can MDS Forte do for you? MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs, and helps with weight loss. Is non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic, and comes with a 100% money back guarantee waiting for the side effects disclaimers with mds forte there are none order a 25-day treatment of mds forte by calling 213-405-5355 213-405-5355 or visit bestbloodsupport.com that's bestbloodsupport.com for mds forte a diabetes breakthrough Long Range Patrol Ration Entrees. If you know survival, you know LRPs are the undisputed king of military rations. Hands down the best for your bug out bag or survival pack. To go farther, faster, and carry more food, there's nothing better than a Brick Pack LRP cold weather ration entree. Nothing. Now, the Freeze Dry Guy is offering a limited time deal on thousands of fresh LRP entrees. We're talking a menu of tasty and nutritious beef stew, chicken and rice, chili mac with beef, spaghetti and meat sauce with 20 entrees per case. These fresh 2011 LRPs are U.S. government contract overruns, perfect for long term storage. But they're going fast at freezedryguy.com. Far superior to MREs, long range patrol entrees are about a third the weight of an MRE, with about a third more meat than the finest commercial freeze dried entrees. Ask about multi case discounts and free shipping when you call 866-404-3663 today. That's 866-404-3663 or freezedryguy.com. Your source for survival food in an uncertain world. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. We continue with Ted Landau, and we're discussing what Apple should include in their own TV set. Of course, younger people have cut the cord. They don't care about it. But then there's another possibility. If they can't get those deals, an interesting alternative already exists, you know, on iOS devices is... They already have applications from DirecTV, Dish Network, the cable providers, Comcast. What they could do is offer their own content, but also offer an interface where they will also give you applications in an iOS environment from the service you subscribe to, but seen within the iOS environment. So suddenly you're not seeing this clunky, foolish interface they provide. You're seeing a neat, easy-to-use interface. 
Yes, I agree. I, in the same way that, uh, as you said, on the I, on the Apple TV, you can already subscribe to Major League Baseball and, and things of that sort. The Apple Television whatever, will expand on that, and there will be some sort of iOS-like environment where there will be apps that you can add to maybe an app for a particular station. Uh, is, is how, you know, maybe there will be a Fox app that you can add that will, in the same way that you can get HBO Go uh, on your iPad right now and play all the HBO shows on demand. There will be an HBO Go for, for this app television and that's how you'll get and that's how you would get HBO content. I mean, I'm giving you what I view as a sort of ideal. The, oh, no, the, I understand that. The, and now here's the other thing to consider also. This is a problem, which I guess Apple has to figure out. And that is, if they're giving you an internet streaming signal, mm-hmm. you're going to be using tons of high-definition bandwidth, what, six, eight, ten hours a day watching TV, mm-hmm. seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Your ISP, which isn't getting your TV business anymore, is going to freak. They're going to put limits on high bandwidth users, and suddenly your bill's going to go up, and they're going to grab back some of the money they lost. Absolutely. Because they're greedy, uh, and because I, I guess they deserve to be paid for their services. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's almost required in the sense that who's going to be a big loser if something like Apple Television is a success? And clearly, it will be people like companies like Comcast that will be big losers because – I'll be the first one to say, forget Comcast. I'm going with the Apple television approach that doesn't require that I be a Comcast subscriber. Well, why would, to the extent that Comcast could block Apple from ever doing something like that, why wouldn't they block it? The only way I can see that they wouldn't block it, other than if Apple could blackmail them for, for, <laughs> for some reason, is if they could get at least something back in return. And what they're going to be looking to get back in return is more money when you get a Comcast internet connection. I think that's definitely where it'll be going. I think you'll still save money in the end, hopefully. You'll have a simpler, more customized system that people will be happier with. But I, I don't think, if you think that suddenly if you pay, a, you know, like I said, 150 dollars a month to Comcast, if you think that that means you're going to start saving $150 a month, I don't think that's going to happen. You will pay no matter what. And of course, the other possibility is here that Apple is playing a game with us, as Steve Jobs knew when he made that comment for the book, that it would be widely quoted. And right now we have this defensive posture being played by the TV makers, like even Lenovo has got a smart TV set. They're going to trump Apple. It's going to have Android 4.0 ice cream sandwich it's going to have voice recognition everything they perceive apple to produce they're trying to answer their own products they're checking off the list and trying to do it the question i have is hey wait a minute apple's executives must be looking at the tv industry and laughing up their sleeves thinking about all the stuff they're doing in fear of apple and maybe apple will decide you know what a tv isn't worth it we're going to put as much as we can in apple tv and make it the one set-top box that you need, replacing everything else. They could do that. Uh, and, and I saw something from CES that was intriguing. It's not really an Apple TV, but might incorporate an Apple t- be incorporated into a newer Apple TV. They have a device called Simple.TV. I don't know if you've seen it covered from CES. And essentially, it's a DVR that's independent of, a, of any sort of cable company. You know, don't, it doesn't have to be hooked up to Comcast. It will get, uh, it, it will record over the air uh, HD television. It will record Clearcom uh, uh, cable if you get it. Uh, and it but it won't use, take encrypted cable. Won't, won't okay. take encrypted cable. Which is digital uh, cable, by the way, and that's most of what they offer now. Right, but it will do the other stuff. But but the interesting thing is, it doesn't connect by HDMI. It it will so so you don't have any of the HDMI encryption problems. It streams it 
from from this DVR to some receiver device like a Roku or uh, or I imagine it could be even an Apple TV though I think Apple TV would have to modify it to work with it but but so so essentially you can have an HDMI free wireless DVR that that will record your over the air uh, recordings you know and I could see Apple incorporating some sort of DVR like mechanism into an Apple TV as well it'd have to be there's no way let me put it this way there's no way that I can envision an Apple TV no matter how many features it has replacing everything uh, else in terms of the other boxes unless it has some DVR capability or a really spectacular in the cloud on demand and in other words if I want to watch if I want to watch some program at three o'clock at three o seven in the morning because I can't sleep, I want to be able to watch it instantly at three o seven in the morning. I don't want to have to figure out how I'm going to watch it, and I don't want to have to even necessarily depend upon whether the streaming is currently working or not. Uh, I'd, I'd like a copy of it locally and be able to play exactly how I want. And so, uh, therefore, we'll have a solid state drive of one hundred twenty eight mm-hmm. or two hundred fifty six mm-hmm. gigabytes. I would imagine so. Yeah, if if, if they're going to make me happy anyway, or, or they're going to have to have a spectacularly good cloud service that's, that's better than anything I've seen so far. Well, I'm kind of looking with mixed feelings about the whole thing. I think there's a lot of sound and fury, and it may just be something that we're getting too enthusiastic about mm-hmm. or making assumptions that are not tenable at this point, especially because I don't think Apple can get all the content deals they need to replace your set-top box and your existing services but maybe they'll find a way to work with them and then gradually move you to the iTunes environment over time as they make the deals. We'll have to see. Who knows? But you know, I, I just, I just in terms of the other companies coming out with stuff now, it, it, a lot depends upon whether Apple can repeat its magic uh, in this in the post Steve Jobs world. And, and by the, by that I mean there were there were smartphones before the iPhone came out, and and there were MP3 players before the iPod came out. And I'm sure before those devices came out, when it was rumored that Apple was working on one, people were sitting and staying pretty, you know, something along the lines of our hesitations here. You know, could Apple really come? out with something that's that much better than the other companies have already come out with? Are they going to be able to do this? Are they able to do that? How is Apple going to get a, a, a telephone company to carry or to go along with this sort of, sort of stuff? And you know, we... And then the device comes out, and it's you know, holy crap! Uh, this is this is far better than anything we could have imagined, and and, and it trumps everybody else's devices that are out there. And the next thing you know, every company is trying to uh, emulate what Apple just came out with. If they could do that sort of thing again with an Apple TV, then it'll be pretty cool. And we have to look what happened with 2010, when everybody and anyone at the Consumer Electronics Show, in anticipation of Apple producing a tablet of some sort came out with their own tablet, at least prototypes. Of course, many of them disappeared when the iPad first came out because they realized, hey, we can't compete with that, and they're still trying to compete with that, and maybe the Amazon Kindle Fire did. Who knows? I guess we'll find that out when we get more information about Apple sales. We have Ted Landau. He has the user-friendly view over at Mac Observer, writes for Macworld. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here.
When it comes to running a successful business, there are many things you have to get right. But one thing is often overlooked, and that's protecting the data that powers your business. Computers, servers, external hard drives, and even tape backups are vulnerable to failure. In the U.S. alone, over 140,000 hard drives fail each and every week. According to one study, only 7% of companies that lose their data centers for 10 days or more survive beyond the year. So I want to tell you about our friends Mosey. The most trusted name in online backup. Give our friends at Mosey a call. They've been doing this for a long time and run the most secure, most trusted online backup service. Right now, you could save 15% by using the promo code PODCAST15. That's PODCAST15. Call 877-669-9776. That's 877-669-9776. Or visit moseypro.com. That's M-O-Z-Y pro.com. Ready to save while getting prepared? Then you're ready for the winter sale at 21stCenturyGoods.com. Take advantage of the incredible savings on all items at 21stCenturyGoods.com. Portable AM, FM, and shortwave radios from 1995. American Red Cross emergency radios and Cato radios from 2895. Solar lanterns from 2295. Solar flashlights, two for 1695. Hand crank LED hurricane lanterns and flashlights from 895. Be sure to check out the flexible solar panels to power your emergency and survival gear. Every order over $75 will receive a solar-powered flashlight absolutely free. So get prepared this winter by visiting 21stCenturyGoods.com. Spelled the number 2, the number 1, S-T, CenturyGoods.com, 21stCenturyGoods.com, or call 866-999-8422. That's 866-999-8422. 21stCenturyGoods.com. Power up your survival. Do you suffer from low-functioning adrenal or thyroid? Did you know that mercury from your dental fillings comes off of your teeth both as a vapor and as particles into your body? Wherever mercury deposits in your body, it stops cells from functioning normally. Animal studies show that mercury causes kidney function to drop by 60%. Mercury deposited into your adrenals or thyroid will cause a corresponding drop in function. The number one method by which your body detoxifies itself of mercury is glutathione. The number one superfood that helps turn on all 10 trillion cells of your body to produce This glutathione is non-denatured whey protein from grass-fed cows. After investigating most high-end whey proteins on the market, only one is the most non-denatured, the most active, the most complete, and in our opinion, the most powerful in what nature originally put into the fresh raw whey. It is One World Whey. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. Have you ever seen a U.S. postage stamp featuring Abraham Lincoln, Ben Franklin, or George Washington? If you're into stamp collecting, you know it's a fun, affordable hobby. America's leading stamp dealer is the Mystic Stamp Company, and they want you to have their free 140-page color catalog. Go to mysticstampad.com, the website of the Mystic Stamp Company, serving stamp collectors since 1923. Mystic Stamp is well-known in the industry for its experience, superior customer service, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Go to M-Y-S-T-I-C-Stampad.com to request your free 140-page U.S. stamp color catalog packed with collecting tips, special offers, color photos, and over 4,600 available stamps. Call 800-433-7811 or go to mysticstampad.com. That's 800-433-7811 and ask for your free U.S. stamp catalog or mysticstampad.com. Mystic Stamp Company, America's leading stamp dealer. 
you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. With Ted Landau, we are doing a user-friendly discussion. We started about the possibilities of an Apple-integrated TV, and Ted says if it wows him, he'll probably get one. Of course, assuming it's not $5,000 like the Bose Video Wave, which is basically a 46-inch set that has tricked-out speakers. Great speakers, but you know, you're getting a $1,200 TV set and spending, what, $3,800 of the speakers. Is that worth it? That's another story. You're not buying one, are you? No, I, I, I've always felt that Bose is overpriced for what you get. Uh, I, I pretty much dismiss their products out of hand. And that one may be just too overpriced. We'll have to mm-hmm. take a look. Let's look over at some other subjects, one of which is very important. You did a story, very detailed story for the Mac Observer back in December, talking about the very severe teething pains of iCloud. Now, the mm-hmm. thing that bothers me before we even get into the problems and the setup and the confusion is the Apple ID. But let me just backtrack a little bit. A friend of mine just got a brand-new Mac Mini, and mm-hmm. he's doing the setup process, and as part of the setup process, something comes up about iCloud. Mm-hmm. And he says, what's iCloud? Mm-hmm. And I sort of begin to explain it to him, and I'm about to set it up, and he says, <laughs> I want to deal with that stuff. It, it's not obviously as seamless or as mm-hmm. intuitive as it could be. But before you think of anything else, there is the problem that Apple has to confront, which is the multiple Apple IDs. You know, when you buy something from Apple, you have to have an account. Instead of having an account number 13579314, you have an Apple ID, which is generally an email address that you used at one point or may still use. Now, unfortunately, with Apple IDs, like anything else, you change your email address, you forget what your Apple ID is. So instead of trying to recover it, and there are ways of doing that, you don't recover it, you make a new one. So suddenly mm-hmm. you have, well, your mobile me account. You suddenly have an Apple ID for iTunes or one when you bought a new Mac maybe a year ago. Suddenly you have plenty. And the problem is here is Apple has not figured a way to integrate this. So you have a situation, you want to use iCloud, which account you're going to use it under? The first problem is fixing the Apple ID problem. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Apple needs to develop a way to allow you to merge account information so that if you have if I have an account and I say you know I never want to use this account again I want to switch everything to this other account you need to be able to do it because even even if you're competent at maintaining more than one account without getting confused you have the issue that when you're logged into one account you're limited to what you can do for the other account. So, for instance, I, I come up against this all the time, like in the Mac App Store, where because I had I used multiple accounts when I first got the App Store going to test out the, the ramifications of doing it for an article I was writing, and so now an update will come out and I'll list it as an update, and then when I try to download the update, get the update in whatever sense, I get a message that says I have to log out of my current account and log into the account that purchased that app before I can get the update, and then of course do the reverse when I want to get back to my main account when I'm done. Well, I don't want to have to keep doing that. What I'd like to be able to say is, okay, remember all those, all that stuff I bought on that account that I don't use anymore? 
transfer it to my main account and dump that old account. And Apple has no way that allows you to do that. So uh, admittedly, that's a problem right off the bat. There's also, as you were saying, the issue that it can be a separate account for your App Store and for iCloud. The, if you move your accounts over from, from a mobile me account, if you had one, that can complicate things. In, in, in For your iTunes account, you, you didn't even have to have it be an Apple. I, my wife, for instance, initially used her Gmail email address as her Apple ID, which can then seem confusing. You know, why is my Gmail address an Apple ID? That's odd. But you can, and I believe you still can do something like that. So there needs to be, yeah, I agree with you. There needs to be a way for Apple to say, here, you know, we want to help you converge everything on, assuming that's what you want to do, and make it simple. And right now they've made it very complicated. All right, so the Apple ID, we kind of hope they might merge it. In fact, there was a quote supposedly from Tim Cook, Apple's CEO, writing to a Mac customer in Europe saying, we're working on that. And it's probably not an easy thing to figure out. It's probably going to take Apple a while to figure out a way to merge the Apple IDs and also security to know that when you want to merge an Apple ID, you prove in each case you are the one, it's your credit card number, it's something that you gave them. Mm-hmm that ensures that the two Apple IDs or 12 or whatever they are all belong to the same person. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, when you establish that, whatever that, of course, whatever that threshold is, then they combine them and then you could integrate all your accounts and not have to put up with this Michigas. Yeah, I can think of, I mean, just as you're saying that, I can think of one simple way that they could borrow the technique that's used in Bluetooth, where you log into one account and you say, I want to merge it with this other account. And, uh, well, it would have to be all Apple accounts, which I guess they would be. Uh, and then they give you some code number, and they say when you go into the other account that you're going to be given an opportunity to enter this code number and enter it. And then if you enter that code number, then it's a check that the two accounts are being operated by the same person. Okay, that sounds like a good way to pair your accounts, to be blunt about it. Okay, that's one problem. But maybe that's not the most difficult problem because iCloud is still damned difficult to use. And in the transition from MobileMe, certain things were lost. So let's start at the beginning. How do we even sort out iCloud and how even best to explain to somebody what iCloud is about? Well... God, that's a big question. I'm not sure I even had to approach that answer in a simple You see, that's way. the problem Apple yeah. has. If you can't explain yeah. it in 10 yeah. words or less, it's useless. Let's give it up. It's a, it's a limited way, in my view, of, of storing some of your data in the cloud. Uh, I view, for instance, Dropbox to be a simpler, more, more um, all-inclusive approach. Anything that I want to share, anything that I want to move on to the cloud, I just drag it to the Dropbox folder on my Mac and, or my iOS device and, uh, and is there on every other device that uses Dropbox. It's really very nice. Uh, with iCloud, in typical Apple style, Apple says, you know, you can't just drag whatever you want. You, you, can only, you can only put onto iCloud what we tell you you can. And what we tell you you can is basically uh, your email, your contacts, um, your, your calendar appointments. Um, through iTunes Match, you can get your, your music. Uh, and and to, to a limited extent, file sharing of application documents. They, they, Apple got the ball rolling with, with, the, with their iWork documents, but third parties can take advantage of the same sort of interface as well. And there may be one or two other things I'm missing, but you know, then they, they rolled in Find My iPhone as part of iCloud as well. Uh, and that's basically it. 
and that's useful. I mean, I, I is very I, for someone. Anyone who who shares information with other members of their family, say, for instance, my well, one of the biggest things that we use it for is my wife and I, when I say we, is that we maintain a shared calendar this way. And whenever I enter an appointment on, on my iPhone, it not only instantly uh, is, is um, synced back to my Mac, but it's synced to my wife's Mac and my wife's iPhone. And so she can be out somewhere uh, shopping and take a look at her iPhone and some, some appointment that I added on my iPhone is now on her iPhone. So it's, in that sense, that those sort of features make it very nice. Uh, and this, the iTunes match syncing is also, I, I think, very nice overall. Uh, so so it, it's useful, but, you, but it is limited in the sense that if someone starts saying, well, what if I want to do this? What if I want to do – no, you know, Apple is not letting you do that. What, what if I just want to drag the, this, this uh, PDF file and to, to here? No, you, just, you can't just do that. There isn't a place where you can just drag whatever you feel like. So, um, it's it like is, it seems like an arbitrary – Mm-hmm. Although there may be some Apple logic to it, mm-hmm. like Apple picked an arbitrary set of mm-hmm. terms and conditions for what you can do with iCloud, mm-hmm. and if you're within that limited framework, it works fine. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you hit the edges and the exceptions, it doesn't work so fine. And I know that you could sync a lot of stuff with Mobile Me, but for whatever reason that I cannot figure out, in going to iCloud, they cut things out. Why cut things out? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. You know, they cut out iDisk is one obvious thing that the, that they that they cut out. Uh, and uh, why why they didn't include iDisk support? They they've actually said that they might add it back. You know, so one, it's another one of those might things. That I think Tim Cook was quoted as saying, "Maybe uh, that, we have to put up with the might." I hate mites. Yeah, we yeah, have so. the mighty Ted Landau with Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com If you're taking one, two, five, or more nutritional supplements, please stop. 
Simplify your supplementation with Bio Superfood, the most advanced nutritional whole food supplement you can buy. Men, women, children, even Olympic athletes the world over have discovered Bio Superfood from BioAge.com. And now take just one nutritional supplement instead of many. The Bio Superfood formulas are whole food products composed with four of the most nutrient-dense algae found on Earth. Bio Superfood for the brain helps with focus, memory, clarity, and mood. If you can increase brain health, the rest of the body is a no-brainer. Bio Superfood has zero toxicity and is safe for you and your family. Learn more and order your Bio Superfood formulas at BioAge.com, spelled B-I-O-A-G-E.com, BioAge.com, or call 877-288-9116. That's 877-288-9116. BioAge, the age of advanced organics. Did you ever think you'd be where you are a decade into the 21st century? Record foreclosure rates for homes, if not yours, your neighbors. Thankful for the unemployment check since you were laid off and placing your child's name on the angel tree in hopes of a Christmas gift along with thousands of other Americans. Did you ever think your future would feel this out of control? The fact is, in all this craziness, there's only one thing you can control. Your greatest dependency, your food supply. Make 2012 the year you take control by getting prepared. eFoods Direct introduces the best way to build your food supply in the 21st century. Get a 21-day supply of food free with purchase. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Take back control in 2012. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Remember, you can bet your life on eFoods Direct. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems system today complete with two black berkey elements for only 231 dollars and the berkey guy will ship your order free of charge with the purchase of a berkey light the berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only 39.99 that's over 30 percent off the retail price call the berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653 that's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com that's goberkey.com today Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. With Ted Landau on the Tech Night Owl Live, we are exploring his user-friendly view and it sounds to me like he's not too friendly about Apple in the way they've made things confusing. Now, it may well be that one of the reasons features disappear is Apple decided these aren't clean enough. They're too dirty. They have too many problems. We need to find a way to clean them up, and then they will be restored because Apple has that habit of cutting things out. Sometimes they cut things out permanently, like Rosetta mm-hmm. under Mac OS X Lion, so you cannot run PowerPC apps. But it may also be they decided these were the trouble spots of mobile me that needed more work, but they still wanted to get iCloud out. Mm-hmm. 
Well, one thing, I mean, one thing that eliminating eye disc does is it, it does, it eliminates the, uh, unfortunately, I think of it as a negative, which is why I'm hesitating on how I want to say it, but it eliminates the ability to have more flexible control over what you're doing. That, that, with eye disc, the eye disc actually mounted as a disc image, so to speak, on your on your Mac's desktop, and you could drag things to it, in the, similar to how Dropbox works. It was the first and, Dropbox, right? And they elimin- they've eliminated that for iCloud and gone more for a service in which the ability to transfer things is more automatically handled beyond behind the scenes by Apple. You don't when when you want to get an appointment. For from one device to another. You don't have to say, how do I drag it from one device to another? It just automatically does it in the background. iTunes Match, when it's working well, works automatically in the background. Fo- uh, photo Stream, you don't have to, once you've configured it, your photos just pop up and appear there. You don't have to do anything. That seems to be the approach, for better or for worse, that Apple wants to do. They don't want, for now anyway, the Dropbox approach that says, if I want something in Dropbox, I have to find the file, I have to find the Dropbox folder, I have to drag it from wherever I found the file to the Dropbox folder, and then it's there. That's not the approach that they want. And they I want see, to abstract the file system. Yeah, and I and I see advantages to both. I, and I particularly like the Dropbox approach because I guess I'm kind of old school and used and used very used to doing that sort of dragging anyway. But uh, maybe the iCloud approach will be more appealing to newer users. Well, you know, it's interesting. We think of drag and drop being so intuitive to launch an application mm-hmm. or move a file, and when you talk to people who aren't as sophisticated about the fineries of the file system, drag and drop is not intuitive to them. And certainly, you know, obviously if they're schooled on the Mac by coming into it by way of the iPad and the iPhone, it doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many people I've done tech support for over the years that still have no clear idea what the finder is. That essentially, if I if if you ask them where a file is at, you know, they go to Microsoft Word, they save a file, and you ask them where it is, they have no idea where it is. The only way they get back to it is by opening Microsoft Word and selecting the open command. And but then, you and know then, what? A lot of people uh, don't even know the open command. Well, that's a different story, I guess. <laughs> but The open uh, command doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Instead, they find the file, and they double-click on the file even though the application is open. I said, why don't you use open from the file menu, or file well, open, as we call it. And they say, what's that? Yes, those, those are two different blind spots, absolutely. There are people that, that I, I've dealt with people, I think of somebody in particular here who now shall be nameless, that will open a file by double-clicking it. And I once asked her uh, over the phone, because I was doing some troubleshooting, uh, you know, what application is she using for that document? And she didn't know. She didn't, she didn't know how to even to turn it. All she knew is that she double-clicked the document and she could start editing it. And that the idea that it was working in some application was not a concept that she dealt with. And on the other side is, is the type of people that, that will use the open dialog, understand that they're using Microsoft Word, but have no idea where in the finder that file actually exists, or even that there is a, a finder where, where the file can, can separately be located. Now, in a lot of those cases, what they do is toss everything on the desktop. Mm-hmm. So you open the desktop and you've got, you know, 12,000 files on there. Mm-hmm. And the icons are so tiny and they're overlapping and everything's a mess, but this mm-hmm. is the way they know. I know where it is. It's on the desktop. No yeah, matter so, what happens, it's on the desktop. So it definitely, Apple's approach definitely has its merits, I guess, is where we're going, and, and I agree with that. Nonetheless, even if we, within the context of Apple's approach, in terms of like the article that you mentioned at the, at the top of the show, that uh, there, there, are, there are a lot of ways in which you have to 
decode iCloud to be able to use it. There are so many different places. I guess one of the things that started bugging me was there are so many different places where there are settings related to iCloud. If you want to back up uh, to iCloud, you have to create a setting in iTunes. There's an iCloud system preferences pane on your Mac. There's an iCloud website that you can go to. There there are the iCloud, different iCloud locations for settings on the the iOS device itself, and on and on and on. And, And you start saying, well, you know, you want to do a particular change, and your first thought is, well, where do I go to make that change? Do I have to go to iTunes? Do I have to go to the iCloud system preferences pane? Do I have to go to the iCloud website settings? Uh, you know, where you, Sometimes it can take you 15 minutes just to figure out where is the logical place that Apple hid that particular setting change. Or you go through everyone you hope, because what's happened here is Apple has not just put everything in iTunes, for example. Maybe everything should be in iTunes, but no, there's a system preference for iCloud. But there are separate system preferences if you opt, for example, to have a separate iCloud account for your mobile me transition. So I have, for example, iCloud. But I also have my mobile me username is also moved to iCloud, but it's under a separate Apple ID. So I have both. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Yep. So I basically what I have is I have iCloud for contacts and everything else except mail and notes. And then I have my former Mac.com account for the stuff that isn't in iCloud. You know, well, that's, talk that's, about being gobsmacked. Yeah, of course, that's going to have to go away once Apple gets rid of MobileMe. So. That's right. You know, so right now I have my contacts in 27,000 different places. Mm-hmm. And I have multiple contradictory contacts. Because yeah. Apple has, in their infinite wisdom, decided to make it confusing rather than simple. I still think part of it relates to the Apple ID issue, that you're still dealing with contradictory Apple IDs and they have to sort them out. Yeah, and you mentioned notes. That was another article I wrote where, where there were where I went into all the complicated cases. It seemed like syncing of notes would be a no-brainer, simple thing, even in Apple's approach to do. But it turns out that there are all sorts of complications, especially once you add iCloud to the mix. And uh, I discovered at one point that after adding iCloud, I had an iCloud account notes and a on my iPad uh, list, listing account notes and, and the two note sets were different and they synced differently and, and I could go to, to on my Mac where I thought the notes would be located which is another whole weird story and, and only half the notes would be there because the ones that were synced to iCloud didn't show up and vice versa so uh, and then trying to disentangle how to get it all so they all appear in one place took quite a while so it's another issue so there's no way it's just no way to figure this out, no way to sort it out. And just like I said, the mere experience of having a separate transition mobile me account to an iCloud account with different names gives me two different sources for my contact list. And if you try to empty one, it says we're going to delete your contacts from your Mac. If you do this, well, which one am I using? Yeah, that can get scary when you start seeing those messages. Sometimes they they make it they they are more scary than they turn out to be because they're really deleting it from someplace, but then it's going to be replaced with what was in the iCloud, which is really what you wanted it to do, and 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 you don't realize that at first. And to make it worse, I know that the address book on my Mac is not quite the same as the address book on my iPhone because of this disparity mm-hmm. between the former Mobile Me account mm-hmm. and the iCloud account. And there's no way to synchronize this. I have, for example, 40 gigabytes of storage in my former MobileMe account. 
because of the fact that I paid the $100, mm-hmm. and this is the way they're throwing me a bone until the summer. Mm-hmm. However, I only have five gigabytes in my iCloud account, and I asked Apple, can I just move it? No. But you should be able to get your contact synced, even if it means you know, moving everything, to move every, every contact you want to the cloud and then delete the contacts every place else and say, get it from the cloud, and then they should all sync. In this case, I have two clouds. Well, you have to... I have mobile <laughs> me, which is one cloud. Uh, you have to give up on that other cloud. <laughs> right. You know, the get sky up, is gray cloud. and white and cloudy. It starts to sound like an old Simon and Garfunkel song. Yeah, yeah. Or I was, go- I was going for the Rolling Stones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which Rolling Stones song? Hey, hey, you get off my cloud. Or ah, whatever. Yes. <laughs> I kind of like the uh, one from Simon and Garfunkel. Maybe that's the folk rock in me. Okay. I got to look at the folk rock in me. There it is. I'm looking at my folk rock on my elbow. I've got a little folk rock on my elbow. I never went to really hard rock, but the Beatles are great. And I'm not going to get into any more of this because none of this makes sense. What we're trying to do here is make sense of Apple's iCloud. It's supposed to be a seamless way to stick your stuff in the cloud so you don't have to think about it. But instead, you know, it's got a little of this, a little of that. And soon you've got, you know, porridge or something or a mishmash soup, which is basically... Uh, uh, kind of a kosher recipe of soup with different kinds of ingredients, lots of ingredients, mish-mosh. We have Ted Landau with Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Ted Landau joining Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. And we're trying to make sense out of iCloud, which has become mishmash soup. What's mishmash soup, folks? Well, it's, of course, matzo ball soup. It's chicken noodle soup. It's scraplock soup. It's all that stuff together in one thick broth and if it's done right it's the greatest jewish penicillin ever (laughs) but apple's mishmash soup doesn't work so well the ingredients don't come together so do you think apple's going to sort this stuff out ted well i'm a bit pessimistic in the sense normally when i when i would see something like this come out first version of of something in fact for, for itunes master still calling it beta software so it's not even the first version 
and I want to give Apple the benefit of the doubt. I want to say, okay, they're going to see where it doesn't work. They're going to read the, the articles like the ones that I wrote and the feedback that they'll get from users. And they'll say, okay, now we know what we got to do, and it'll be fixed for version 2.0 or 3.0 and, uh, as it keeps getting better. And, and I am still hopeful that at least to a partial extent that will happen. But the other part of me says, you know, this is, it, it, while iCloud may be 1.0, they've had a long time to think about this. I mean, they've had the years of mobile me and dot Mac and uh, and and by Apple's own admission, even Steve Jobs when he was on the stage, they would joke about how those weren't handled very well. And, and so what we're going on, what, I don't know, close to 10 years now that, that they've had to figure out how they want to get this to work and this is the best they can come up with uh, I, makes me a little more pessimistic. And I don't think it's that they're incompetent uh, by, by any means. I mean, that's the last adjective I would use to describe Apple. But I think they, they start from this position that we talked about before of wanting to keep everything out, out of the hands of the user, so to speak, and automate it and have it run in the background and have, it, and have it be controlled to just what Apple wants you to do and not anything else. And when you start from that position, I think you often wind up with these complications. It, it's just a bad starting position for, for keeping things simple. So basically, when they say keep it simple, stupid, they make simple complicated. And the other yeah. thing, too, if you try to figure out and look at the literature that Apple has online about iCloud, there's a lot of stuff there. There's so many knowledge-based documents with terms, conditions, and exceptions, you can drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Well, the other thing here is about iTunes Match. And yeah, it's not fully baked. There are situations there where you will rip a song off a CD, okay? Legitimate CD. Apple has the same song in the same CD in digital form in their library, but the song or some songs are not matched. Like, for example, the most infamous one is She Came In Through the Bathroom Window by the Beatles on the Abbey Road album. Mm -hmm. Now, on the Abbey Road album, everything else is matched, and therefore, I'm getting the high-resolution, remixed version. You are getting the great latest remix of the Beatles. Mm -hmm. She came in through the bathroom window. It's uploaded, not matched. It's not just Gene Steinberg. It's anybody out there. In the U.S., although I'm told people in Europe, it is matched. Now, I was thinking in a very strange way that maybe... The people at Apple prefer the Joe Cocker version of She Came Through the Bathroom Window. <laughs> yeah, maybe and therefore, they're just going to upload your version, but they don't want to match it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a problem, and I've seen it happen to me as well. And uh, I don't recall – I know Macworld Magazine has had a couple of articles on this, including some workarounds that might uh, get an unmatched song to match. And I don't recall exactly what the workaround is right now. But Part of it is deleting the song and trying again. It doesn't always work. Yeah, there's nothing that I was just going to say. None of the fixes are guaranteed to work. They might work sometimes, but not other times. And no one has come up with a sure explanation as far as I know as to why you have this problem to begin with, why that should be the one song that doesn't match on a particular album. It's I just think that the database needs to be fine-tuned, that they're probably looking for certain signatures in a song. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're overcompensating or over undercompensating or interacting with a database of millions and millions of songs, and they have to fix this up. I kind of think if they do it right, they should be able to get a 99% accuracy. Of course, what would happen would be that you would still have to go back and update your songs. There is a feature called Update iTunes Match in iTunes. Mm -hmm. In theory, that should do it. The other mm -hmm. question is here I want to ask is, 
I have the Beatles' White Album. Okay, mm-hmm. I have the mm-hmm. Beatles' Past Masters. These are two albums in two volumes, mm-hmm. legitimate ones. In both cases, there are songs matched, not matched. They cannot match the covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's. I mean, I, I, I don't know that that specifically, but I've had. Um, problems with, for instance, where you get a compilation album and maybe it's so-and-so's greatest hits and, and I get that album and I put it into iTunes. This is not even iCloud now, but just getting it into your iTunes library uh, and it can be further complicated by iCloud. And, inst- and sometimes, instead of listing all those songs as part of the compilation album, they will, I will go to those songs and the, and the album art will be for the original album that it came from, not the greatest hits album. And so what what started off as 12 songs from one album now becomes 12 songs from four or five different albums. Well, at least with things like Past Masters, as much as they only match part of those songs, at least they recognize them as two albums. Mm-hmm. As much as the Beatles' White Album has similar situations, such as the continuing story of Bungalow Bill is not matched, mm-hmm. also Revolution Number 1, Revolution number nine, number nine, Cry Baby Cry is not matched. Rocky Raccoon, Don't Pass Me By, which is a Ringo song. Maybe they don't like Ringo. Mm-hmm. Of course, if I never hear Revolution number nine again, I'll be okay. Number nine, number nine. <laughs> That's when John Lennon was really mm-hmm. starting to you know, go into that kind of wacky stage of his life. Mm-hmm. But the point being here is, is there a compelling need on the part of Apple to fix that too? I don't know. We use the word compelling. I think I think iTunes Match is working pretty well right now, and I think those are things that Apple will have to fix and will fix. But I don't think I don't think right now it's it's making or breaking whether iTunes Match is a success. It's going to be something where. Apple will just have to nibble around the edges, eventually issue a new mm-hmm. version mm-hmm. of, say, iTunes, which would automatically update mm-hmm. your database. But mm-hmm. right now, if you contact iTunes support, they won't talk to you about this problem. I tried. As right. a regular user, I tried to communicate with them. First, of course, what they do is they send you the definition of uploaded, matched, purchased. Mm-hmm. I say, no, I know that. This song is in your library, but it's still being uploaded. It's not being matched. Why? And then they go on, you know, they can't explain that. Finally, they said, don't contact us anymore. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yes, we're not going to answer any more of your mail. I wasn't nasty to them. I I didn't take it up with Apple PR. I just thought, you know, all right, maybe one particular person was just, (sighs) just getting a little bit out of sorts that day, or I was the 15th person that morning to say, where is she came in through the bathroom window? Well, I mean, that is a bit typical. That's typical of Apple. That's a little more extreme than I'm used to. But Apple, like many companies, I guess, but Apple seems more extreme, never wants to admit that they screwed something up. So they don't want to say, oh, yes, that's, that's, a, that's a bug. Uh, or, or especially when they're worried that, that whoever they say it to will then quote it and it'll be spread like wildfire. All over the internet. Apple admits it's screwed up, whatever. I'll tell you uh, what, before we screw this up, Ted Landau, where do we find more of your stuff? Uh, the Mac Observer is the main place where I write a weekly column called Ted Landau's User Friendly View. And I also write a weekly column for Macworld magazine. It's part of the Mac 911 section and it's called Bugs and Fixes. And we talked about the bugs for 
iCloud and iTunes Match, and hopefully we'll have the fixes. Ted Landau, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Okay, thank you. Neighbors, I wanted to mention a couple of things we haven't discussed all that often. You know, we have a Twitter account. It's Tech Night Owl at Twitter. Once again, it's Tech Night Owl at Twitter. We'll tweet, and maybe you will follow us. Then we'll follow you. That's how it goes around and around. We also have those forums, forum.technightowl.com. Once again, that's forum.technightowl.com. We haven't pushed that much either, but we have a lot of discussions ready to go. Join us, forum.technightowl.com. Coming up next on the show, we'll hear from Avram Pilch. He's in Las Vegas in the press room at the Consumer Electronics Show. Let's learn about all the great gear and the gear that's not so great. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Hi, everybody. Jason Lewis here. Once again, for my friends at Midas Resources, these are hard times for investors. You don't know which way to go. Is the market going to recover? Is the Washington spending machine going to continue? And that means a lot of debt and maybe printing money to cover the debt. They call it monetizing the debt, but that's a fancy way of saying inflation. And a lot of people are worried about that. So you need the ultimate inflation hedge, and that's gold. Now, let me be clear about this. Commodities fluctuate in price. They can go up and down. Very volatile. There's no guarantee. But if you want the ultimate inflation hedge, you need to talk to my friends at Midas Resources. The number, 1-800-686-2237. If you're interested in converting your IRA to gold or would like to have it in your possession, call Midas today at 1-800-686-2237. It's Midas Resources, 1-800-686-2237 for gold and tell them Jason sent you. Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. 
Combine our Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. Okay, we really had to work hard, ladies and gentlemen, to get Avram Pilch to be able to participate in his show. He's in the press room over at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. He's stuck with his 4G LTE-enabled smartphone. How smart is that phone? At this show, it's not very smart at all. Uh, uh, I'm using the Samsung Stratosphere, and it's definitely had its ups and downs at the show, and uh, some of them are, are actually, there's been some real downs with the phone. It keeps freezing on me. So it's definitely got some issues. I think when I get back from the show, I'm going to be um, writing some articles about some of the things that I experienced. You never tax your gear like you do at a show like CES where you got to run around all the time and don't always have power and don't always have access to good broadband and have to use mobile broadband and mobile devices a lot. Okay, let's take a look at the color at the Consumer Electronics Show. Is it true that despite the fact that Apple is not there officially, although some executives reportedly are there unofficially, that Apple is a big presence at the Consumer Electronics Show by nature of their existence? You know, we say that every year, but there's a lot of great things going on here in the PC world. Uh, and I'm sure that next year when Microsoft is also not here, people will say, hey, Microsoft was a big presence. People are always looking at CES with a very critical eye and saying, what didn't they show at CES? But this has actually been one of the best years in terms of seeing innovative products. And yes, everyone knows the iPad 3 is coming out really soon. It's probably going to be announced in the next couple of weeks even. That doesn't mean that we're not seeing some really great innovative stuff right here. Of course, when Apple comes out with their new tablet, it's going to kind of change the game, and some of the things we've seen here won't look as exciting in comparison to what they show. But there's a lot more going on here than just tablets, and I think the tablets that we have seen are, are kind of a nice incremental step forward. 
Okay, speaking of other things, have you had the chance to look at these new TV sets, this 4K TV, which is supposed to offer four times the pixels of today's best flat panel HD TV? You know, I would love to, but unfortunately, when we're here from laptop the show, it's hard for us to get out and go to see things that are standard consumer electronics, unless they're mobile, the editor kills us. So maybe on the last day when no one is looking, uh, but I think that a theme of the show has been high resolution in all types of products, uh, not just television sets, but we've seen a lot of high-res in tablets, some high-res stuff in notebooks, and some really impressive support for high-resolution displays from video card and video chip makers as well. Now, of course, the big thing they're saying now is that the iPad 3 will have something akin to the iPhone 4's retina display. In other words, many more pixels double the resolution horizontal and vertical, which is, I guess, four times as many pixels. So the key being here, we assume, therefore, in anticipation of that, or simply because that's where the technology is going, that other companies with their tablets are doing the same thing. Well, we've seen a couple here from Acer and Asus that are 1920 by 1200 resolution on a 10.1-inch screen. So you're talking about something over 300 pixels per inch, which is kind of in line with the retina displays pixel depth and what people are really hoping to see, that level of sharpness. Yes, that is true that Apple is going there, but I think display makers really drive the industry a lot in terms of what they'll make at cost. But it's just really interesting to see that notebooks are really stagnating in this area while other types of displays are moving forward. Tablets are going up to this higher depth resolution. Phones are now at 1280 by 720, a lot of them. And, of course, you've got televisions and, and monitors that are going high. Meanwhile, the average notebook is still dwindle, is still dwelling at 1366 by 768, and it's stuck there like an elevator between floors. Uh, it's, that's actually been very disappointing. We've seen a couple of notebooks that were had higher-res displays than that that were in the mainstream size, but it's, the notebook displays are really not keeping up. But elsewhere, we're seeing the pixel densities get much higher. Now, the question is, with a notebook computer, how do you scale it up? Do you have twice as many pixels so each text element is sharper? Or do you do what they've done up to now, which is, of course, you put more pixels and you make everything smaller? I think uh, a lot of people are waiting on Windows 8 to see that to see if they can actually make things sharper instead of just showing more content on the screen that is smaller. However, I think that we're more than due for showing some more content because... The change that was made a couple of years ago to move away from sort of a standard resolution of 1280 by 800 or 1440 by 900 on most, say, 15-inch and below uh, notebook screens, uh, they changed to 1366 by 768, effectively robbing uh, the consumer, consumers and business users of anywhere between 5 and like 15% of their work area uh, to save a dime or two on, uh, on production costs. So it's kind of surprising to see that we're seeing people actually come out with higher and higher resolution screens on mobile devices while notebook makers, you know, they took this, this real estate away. So if they bring it back, quite frankly, there's plenty of room for it for that real estate in Windows 7 right now. And in Windows 8, it could actually result in, in improved quality of picture, not just improved, not just more workspace. Now, of course, with Lion, there are reports that Apple does have some tools in there for resolution independence, but of course we never see it implemented. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the key is that we're all going to, that the software also has to really scale up and down gracefully 
along with the resolution. But everything really should be moving toward higher resolution. We just see and then in certain spaces, such as notebooks, there's just a lot of, stag- a lot of stagnation. Even with uh, Ultrabooks coming out, uh, and Ultrabooks, you know, are quite innovative, the vast majority of them are still stuck on the single low-resolution screen. Of course, how many of these Ultrabooks are just basically imitations of Apple's MacBook Air? Well, all of them. Uh, <laughs> the clearest form of flattery. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean the concept, but what are they really imitating? The concept is that you want a notebook that's thin and light, and you want it to be fast and responsive. That's the purpose of portability. It's not a very unique idea. What, what Apple has done is they've, they've obviously had good implementation, and Intel looked at it, initiated the Ultrabook project to try and get other people to, to try and sort of steer a kind of a difficult ship with all the TCOEMs and say, listen, guys, we want to see this coming out of you as well. So I think we've seen some, we've seen some improvement there. We've seen some innovation there with the Ultrabooks, but I don't see why Apple deserves all the credit. Yes, they, they came up with a great information, implementation of this technology, but people have always wanted this. We're just finally having the technology to get there. Well, Apple, however, was able to get there first with the combination, and certainly it helps Intel to have a reference platform because those lower power chips, it's better to sell 10 million than just one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So they're loading on, you know, they're building reference designs, and they're actually using the $300 million fund uh, to help, you know, promote innovations like smaller hard drives and SSDs. You know, smaller fans, thinner chassis, better cooling for this size. So a lot of things have to go into an Ultrabook to actually allow it to achieve that type of thin size. And I'll tell you what, we're going to get real thin here if we don't do this break. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine, direct from Las Vegas at the Consumer Electronics Show on the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Do you know that Where To is a worldwide location finder for the iPhone? It allows you to easily find the closest and best-rated restaurants, shops, and services with an easy, intuitive interface. And my personal favorite, an augmented reality view to see the results in 3D. You can find it at the App Store or from this direct link, wheretoapp.com slash T-N-O, wheretoapp.com slash T-N-O. Check it out. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. 
Pro-EM1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free. Contains all natural and certified organic ingredients. Contains no preservatives or animal products. Supports a healthy digestive and immune system. Supports weight loss. Improves absorption of food nutrients. Aids in controlling yeast infections. Is never freeze-dried. And uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM1, the raw probiotic. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget, CrossbreedHolsters.com. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. That's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your fake TV for only $34.95, go to faketv.com. Or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. Each additional fake TV is only $29.95. So get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. FakeTV.com, the burglar deterrent. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. The Consumer Electronics Show on the scene, or at least in the press room, as close as you can get on the scene because it's too noisy on the floor, with Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. We are focusing right now on some of the PC and mobile device-related developments, such, of course, as ultrabooks. Now, there's a story I read the other day saying that right now solid state drives, solid state memory, whatever, cost approximately a dollar fifty six per gigabyte on average, that this year it will go below a dollar a gigabyte. Now that means what? A two hundred and fifty six gigabyte drive costs two hundred and fifty six dollars. That's not quite critical mass. It has to go down like a hundred dollars or so before you really see these in volume. But are we gonna get there in a couple of years? I think I think we are going to get there soon enough. I also think the hard drive shortages that we saw earlier this year because of the flooding in Thailand driving up the prices uh, certainly led more people to consider SSD. Because you have better external options like USB 3.0 and Thunderbolt, which is 
been a big theme of this show is PCs getting the high-speed Thunderbolt connection. Uh, because of all of that, I think that people are going to be willing to install smaller drives like a 128 or 256 and live with it and use external storage in the cloud more. I think their storage size needs are going to get less and less to where they could live with 128 gigs. And I think we're also seeing, because of Ultrabook and their need to be responsive, more notebooks coming standard with SSD, which is what, which is how it should be. Uh, because I think most people are not going to go out. I mean, a lot of people are not going to go out, at least in the notebook space, and even the desktop space, and open their computer and, and upgrade. I certainly encourage them to do so. I evangelize upgrading your stuff. But uh, I think the industry knows that that's only a small segment of people, and most people stick with the, the parts that came with their computer. And so having them come standard on, on a lot of on a lot of notebook configurations is, is really key. Now, in keeping with that, there was a report the other day that Apple bought 25% of the world's supply of flash memory last year. So it's like they're hogging it from Samsung. Isn't it funny that they buy so much stuff from Samsung, forget about the fact they deal with other companies too, buy billions of dollars of stuff from Samsung at the same time they're embroiled in this fight to the death lawsuit against Samsung? Yep. The one hand either doesn't know or I guess doesn't care what the other hand is doing. It's a little bit on the crazy side, you know, a little bit on the crazy side for sure. I mean, clearly Apple, they just don't, you know, they, they're out there with their lawyers. I mean, actually it's in Apple's interest. What do they, what do they care about who they're buying it from? Samsung that should try to cut off their supply. But the way that Samsung works is that every single division is a separate business. So the flash memory division is not going to support say, the tablet division by saying, oh, we're going to not sell to Apple because Apple has been you know, mean to us in patent court. What they're going to do is say instead, well, they are a good source of income, so you figure out your problem, but we're going to continue to sell flash memory and LCD displays and all this other stuff because this is a good profit center, and Apple pays their bills on time. Yeah, they all have their own separate P&Ls. I mean, I, I can tell you that I've actually, I mean, I won't tell you exactly what the complaint was because I think it would kill me, but uh, I've, I know a lot of people at Samsung. I've chatted with a lot and gone to dinner, had some buddies there. Um, some, there's sometimes rivalries between them where, you know, the one, uh, one division may do something that actually, in a way, undercuts another. Um, so... Uh, I mean, they'll have a division that's supposed to sell something direct to business that will put its stuff into a consumer channel when the consumer division was trying to sell it or something. It's almost uh, like, for example, when it comes to cars, we have Kia and we have Hyundai, both of which are owned by Hyundai. But in the marketplace, they compete with one another. Uh, a bit. I mean, it's, it's. I think like one of the things that's going on at Samsung is that they have a division, a completely separate company, that sells, and this is in the flash room, the memory space, that sells RAM and SSD, solid-state storage, to uh, B2B. Sells it wholesale to the trade. Sells it to notebook makers, gadget makers, whatever. And then there's another division that just started recently, you know, maybe about a year ago, that is Samsung's own branded version of that that they try to sell to the public. Their, their SSDs, their RAM, which is all very good quality stuff. But the problem is that if you go to a place like Newegg, 
www.ghostbusters.com, you could actually buy either one. Uh, and so they're competing against each other. The, now, are the prices different? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of like you go to different divisions at Dell. Dell has on their online site, you've yeah, got a home, a home division, you've got a small business division, a larger business division, and they have different competing products at different prices, even the same product at a different price. It gets crazy. Yeah, actually, you know, you reminded me uh, over the holidays, uh, I bought myself something from Dell Small Business, and I am not a small business. Uh, because it was a little bit cheaper for the same product from Dell Small Business than it was from Dell Home. Uh, and I can tell you that uh, I, I talk a lot to people in ad sales because we have a sales team and such, and the two different uh, companies have two different advertising budgets, so they treat them as two different clients. They try to get each of their business. It is a little bit nutty, and what it really points out when you think about it is the really false dichotomy between consumer and business in the technology space. Now, Apple doesn't do that. I think Apple's right. I think this is an area where Apple is spot on. I can't tell you how often I go to visit companies such as HP and Lenovo and Dell in particular, uh, our three big ones, uh, that have different set of notebooks for consumers and another set of notebooks for business. And then they have things that are for small business and the ones that are for small business they're sort of saying, well, we think some of the small business people are going to use this for consumer stuff. Uh, and what they don't understand is there's no reason why somebody wouldn't want to buy the business notebook. In fact, in most cases, the business notebook is the better buy, is the better quality piece of merchandise. Like if you look at Lenovo's line, for example, there's no question, you know, I'm sorry if my Lenovo friends listen to this, there's no question that the ThinkPad products are a thousand times better build quality than the IdeaPad products. That's the interesting point here, too. Lenovo took over IBM's PC business. The ThinkPad, among Windows PCs, this was the Mercedes-Benz of Windows PCs, the best ones. And really good. the question I have, though, about Lenovo, I'm going to segue to this. Lenovo wants to release an integrated TV set. Now, Lenovo does... Great PCs, no doubt about it. You can be a Mac user and still admire the ThinkPad as being a really good product. TV sets, Lenovo, what? You know, why not? Um, I did not get a lot of time with it, but but why why shouldn't they get into the TV business? First of all, they have a much more expansive presence in China. They sell phones there, uh, which they don't do here yet. Um, why, why not have another player? And it's not just any TV. It's a smart TV with apps, so it's right up their alley. They certainly know how you use good displays on a lot of the products. You know, they're not, they're not smelting the panel. That's probably still coming from Samsung or LG. Uh, I mean, why, why shouldn't they come out with a product? They well, the answer to that, of course, is that if they can sell it, more power to them. If a company feels they could enter a product space and make it pay off. They sell product. People enjoy the products. The company is successful. People have jobs. They get raises. That's great. We want that to happen. But do you think that maybe they're pushing this thing out not because it's just a great idea to have a nice smart TV. It is Apple's presence. We think Apple's going to do it, so we're going to do it. I think, that, I think that's true. I think that's a trend. 
But I think TV and uh, TV and computer convergence is going to theme every year at the show. It's, it's never worked before. Right it's never worked before. You look at all these media PCs that just went nowhere, and you know maybe they've reached the critical mass or they find the magic bullet. We don't know. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. He's in the press room at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, which is why we have the background noise for the local color isn't great, folks. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack. of the Rockwoods. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockwoods lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack. of the Rockwoods is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockwoods, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. If you don't want to be unprepared, BePrepared.com. BePrepared.com is the official site of Emergency Essentials, the 24-year leader in emergency preparedness. Why do they lead? Because of best value, best selection, and their low price guarantee. Take advantage of BePrepared.com's inventory reduction sale going on right now. Save up to 43% on food storage and emergency supplies. Up to 43%. For example, be prepared with freeze-dried peaches and strawberries, freeze-dried roast beef, 180 two-piece first aid kits, nine-meal MRE kits, a waterproof multifunction emergency LED flashlight for only $3.99 and much more. BePrepared.com while supplies last. But hurry, sale ends when inventory's gone. Call 800-999-1863. That's 800-999-1863. Or online at BePrepared.com. BePrepared.com. Best value, best selection, and low price guarantee. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. Introducing a Diabetes Breakthrough, an easy, natural, organic way to bring relief to diabetics. Introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super strength extract formulated for those who are looking for relief. What can MDS Forte do for you? MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs, and helps with weight loss. Is non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic, and comes with a 100% money back guarantee waiting for the side effects disclaimers with mds forte there are none order a 25-day treatment of mds forte by calling 213-405-5355 213-405-5355 or visit bestbloodsupport.com that's bestbloodsupport.com for mds forte a diabetes breakthrough 
are ready to save while getting prepared? Then you're ready for the winter sale at 21stCenturyGoods.com. Take advantage of the incredible savings on all items at 21stCenturyGoods.com. Portable AM, FM, and shortwave radios from 1995. American Red Cross emergency radios and Cato radios from 2895. Solar lanterns from 2295. Solar flashlights, two for 1695. Hand crank LED hurricane lanterns and flashlights from 895. Be sure to check out the flexible solar panels to power your emergency and survival gear. Every order over $75 will receive a solar-powered flashlight absolutely free. So get prepared this winter by visiting 21stCenturyGoods.com. Spelled the number 2, the number 1, ST,CenturyGoods.com, 21stCenturyGoods.com, or call 866-999-8422. That's 866-999-8422. 21stCenturyGoods.com. Power up your survival. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Avram Filch. He's there at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. He has not spent all his money on gambling. I hope not, because Mrs. Pilch will call me in about five minutes and say, What's he doing? Is he near the gambling gambling tables? <laughs> oh no, I, I'm just gambling with my life every time I get in a cab here. You know, it's funny though about that. You know, I've been to Las Vegas every so often because from the Phoenix area, it's really what six, seven hours drive. Pleasant drive, you know, easy drive. Fine. You know, I've driven around Las Vegas with my car. It's fine. I don't take cabs. I just take my car. It's fine. It's reasonably hospitable for those who use motor vehicles. It's a lot of fun. The weather is not that much different than Phoenix, a little bit cooler, which is nice. The food is great and everything else. But someone like you, you're at the Consumer Electronics Show, and you get very little opportunity to actually go out and have fun. you got to sit there and cover all the gear. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is like, depending on what, uh, what your faith is, this is either like Yom Kippur or Ramadan if you're a journalist. We only get to eat at night. I mean, it's it's starvation and not sleeping. And I thought it was just me, but uh, talking to uh, talking to some of my colleagues at other publications, it's the same for all of them. Uh, because you're running around from meeting to meeting to meeting, and then you realize, wait a second, I have to actually put this up on the website so other people see what I so our readers see what I saw. You got to stop and do that, and that's going to keep you up at night. Then they have parties that they want you to go to, and gee, it would be terrible if you didn't go. Although I haven't, I actually really didn't go to much in the way parties did. But he knows his wife is listening. He doesn't want to mention the parties, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Well, I I really, I politely uh, bowed out of the party with Snooky as the guest of honor. Uh, But it's, I mean, or or the crazy Real Housewives of Las Vegas, assuming there is such a thing. No, that's the one city that they haven't that they haven't done yet is the Housewives in Las Vegas. It's about time they've got obviously a CSI. They might as well have a crazy Housewives. Seriously speaking, of all the products that you saw so far at the Consumer Electronics Show, I'm going to hit you from the side on this one. Okay, what do you think really disappointed you? Something that you really had hopes for, but it just didn't look like anything well realized. Mm, uh, the power track is the m- most absurd and disappointing product of the show. What uh, is it? 
the power track now, I, I can't say my anticipation for it was super high, but a lot of people did have, have anticipation for it. So it is a, a portable charger, like, you know, a portable battery uh, that charges using water and uses a hydrogen fuel cell. So it sounds like a super green product, a wave of future alternative energy, no, bubkiss. It was all wet, folks. It was all wet. It's the worst product idea I've ever heard of. It, it actually is a comically bad idea. So uh, it's an interesting demonstration. I can't wait for you all to, the, for everyone, all my readers to see the video when I'm putting it up. But it's, it's not something I can imagine a real person buying. So the issue is, in order to charge it with the water, first of all, the product's going to be close to $300. It's going to be $249 or $299 somewhere in there when it launches in the spring. So that's pretty, quite expensive for a mobile charger. But wait, there's more. Um, so in order to uh, use it as a use the water, water charging feature, you can, of course, use it like a regular uh, portable battery, like a milky juice box, and you can plug it into the wall for a few hours and, and charge it up and use, use it as a battery. But that's not what you pay $300 for. You pay $300 for the fact that you can pop open the casing and inside uh, inside there's a, there's a little bowl where you can pour some water. And on the other side, there's a spot for a cartridge. You have to put the cartridge in. The cartridge contains some mix of chemicals, which they didn't fully uh, explain to me. I think there's some sodium in there, some other toxic chemicals. And then you close it up, and then somehow the water picks up the chemicals and evaporates and and goes through the battery, which is a hydrogen fuel cell, and gives it power. Now, here's the catch. You have to buy a separate $4 cartridge for every single charge. That means every, and, and, and the charge to the battery is just one charge of your iPhone. So imagine paying $4 every time you want to charge your iPhone. Okay, $4 a day, say, to run your iPhone. So therefore, you're buying... <laughs> Four dollars a day. You know, you're paying fourteen hundred and change every year just to power your iPhone. That's enough to pay your cell phone bill. Well, to be fair, to be fair to the people who are making it, they don't expect people to use it every day or what ever. Said, uh, what they said a good use case of it is is if you're out camping or the or you're in the military and you're in at war or something. Uh, I just don't buy it because. If you were to have the three hundred dollars to spend on this, you'll just buy another battery and bring it with you. Or you can get some other kind of portable charging system because say in Afghanistan they use smartphones there, they use iPhones. The military they're not going to right. do use this crazy device. The government wastes enough money already on those seven hundred dollar toilet bowls, they're not gonna spend three hundred dollars for this battery charger system that requires four dollars per charge. But maybe ten right. years from now they'll have the technology. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if it were like twenty-five cents per charge, and, but it's also the it's the opposite of green. I'm not sure what the opposite of green is. Yellow is it yellow technology? It creates waste. So you have this cartridge with these chemicals in it that you have to dispose of after each use. And I asked the guy who runs it, "So are you going to have a recycling program?" He said, "Well, I'm sure someone will come up with one." That's very reassuring. People are out in the woods and they're using these things and they have a piece of a piece of chemical thing and they're going to throw it away. I mean, I just can't think of a worse idea. They basically mix it with their fluorescent bulbs when they throw them out. Yeah, really. I mean, 
It's a landfill. It's a waste creator device. Uh, and yet, everybody, everybody, when we got the press release and we heard that there was, you could charge something with water and that there was fuel cell, we all had visions of, you know, renewable energy future that we'd all love to live in. But that, that just wasn't a fact. Now, I will say that One Laptop for Child, uh, that, that program that gives out um, laptops and now it's going to be giving out tablets, or it's not giving out selling uh, tablets to schools in developing countries, that, uh, showed at this show a hand crank for their upcoming tablet that if you crank for six minutes, you get an hour of battery. And you certainly build up really good muscles in your wrist and forearm. Yeah. I'll tell you something. It's like, like for example, we have those radios you take out, and they have the crank that powers right. them up for an hour. Remember those radios yeah. from C yeah, Crane sure. Company? Yeah. C Crane, our friend Bob Crane over at C Crane Company, probably sells those things, and he's going to call me after the show and tell me about that and tell me that they still sell them. But this is even worse. You've got to crank it for six minutes to get an hour of power on your notebook. Well, how is this going to work with some of these new ultrabooks maybe you could crank for six minutes and get two hours well no see the way you crank for six minutes and get an hour of power is you're only doing that's not for a standard notebook that's for the old pc which is using this two watt chip that basically uses two watts of power, some ridiculously low power screen uh from pixel chi and a ridiculously low power uh, marvell armada cpu if you were to actually try this for your standard mac or windows notebook you'd probably have to crank, I don't know what the math is, but you'd probably have to crank for hours to get minutes. The ratio the ratio would not be in your favor. It would, you would be cranking for hours to get minutes or something. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't come out ahead. Um, so it was impressive that they, that they have something so low power that you can get that much juice out of a hand crank. It's not that the hand crank is so efficient. It's that the, the device that they're trying to power with it is. So nothing super, super green there. That that was kind of a, a disappointment, although I didn't have such high hopes for it. Yeah, I'm looking over at one of these base camp radios that has the hand crank and the battery options. So, for example, C-Crane Company has one for $90. But I haven't really looked at how many times you have to crank it to get that thing up. It's got a built-in hand crank to charge its internal rechargeable battery. But it doesn't say how many times or how long I do it before it's fully charged. You'll it's a base camp as, radio. You'll, you'll do it as much as you need to when the zombie apocalypse apocalypse comes and your power is out and you need to know whether the walkers are coming towards your room. Well, remember, this is 2012. Isn't this the year that the world is supposed to either end or go into some other realm of existence, those of us who are worthy to survive? So if you're going to do that, though, we have to bring our hand crank radios and we have to bring our fuel cell-laden battery chargers because there will be nobody around to collect the $4 per hit, you see, if that happens, we don't have to worry about it. We have Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas reporting to the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Abram Pilch from Laptop Magazine, as we talk about the end of the world. And when you go to Las Vegas, what you do in Las Vegas stays there. So we're not going to ask him what he's doing or why. But let's talk about the gear. Okay, so we assume, therefore, that this system of fuel cells and water to charge your stuff... It's cool in concept, but bad in execution. Yeah, you, very bad. What do you think are the best products you've seen so far? Well, without question, there's been some great innovations from a company that nobody, that you would never expect. You you kind of have to now start calling Razer, the people who were previously known for making gaming mice and gaming keyboards, the Spanish Inquisition of mobile tech because nobody expected them. The um, they have they came out with nobody the, expects the Spanish Inquisition exactly. So we went into their booth uh, this year and we we got a comfy chair. Oh, let uh, me just interrupt we, here very quickly. The other C Crane Radio fifty dollars the CC Solar Observer, which by the way can I guess work with solar batteries, alkaline batteries, or crank the handle moderately for ten minutes. For an hour of power. Go ahead, please. Well, so at Razer, they showed two really, really innovative products. First, they showed their first notebook. I mean, it's the company that makes mice and keyboards, and they jumped up to make a very high-end game notebook. For $27.99, which is a lot of money, but remember, people who are hardcore gamers pay this kind of money for stuff, you're getting a 17-inch gaming notebook that is just 6.6 pounds. They're calling it the, it's called the Razor Blade, and they're marketing it as the first true gaming notebook. And the reason why they say that, we, we review gaming notebooks all the time at Laptop Mag. Laptop Mag. We've had our, more than our share come into the office. Believe me, it's not the first gaming notebook. But their point is well taken that at the weight at which most, the weight which you have to carry for most gaming notebooks makes them effectively clamshell desktops. I mean, you you try carrying around the, around the Alienware M18X, you talk about something that's like 9 or 10 pounds and super thick. You know, who's going to carry this? It's, it's only a mild upgrade from just carrying around a, a desktop tower and a monitor with you. Uh, so here you have something in the razor blade that is only 0.88 inches thick and 6.6 pounds. You realistically could take it with you. Uh, you know, it's not it's not an MacBook Air, but it's light enough to carry around with you all day. 
Um, and you, inside, you've got you know a quad-core processor, super-duper NVIDIA graphics, 256 gigabyte SSDs, HD screen. But wait, there's more. The biggest innovation on this, in my view, is the touchpad. On the right side of the keyboard, there is a touchpad that is actually an LCD or LED touch screen. So you can use it as a touchpad, but there are a bunch of LED buttons above it. There's 10 of them. The buttons themselves are a little screen, so you can set each of the buttons to play a colored, you know, a colorful icon of your choosing. Then you can hit the icons and actually run little applications on what was the touchpad and is an LED screen. So you can play a YouTube video on it. You can turn it into a numeric keypad of virtual buttons, and then the passive buttons above it turn into like numlock keys and other types of keys. It's a dynamic screen that can be used for all kinds of things while your game still plays on the main screen. I think that is that is absolutely the. I'm going to say that's the coolest thing that I've seen seen at CES. But but Razer didn't stop there because they had a tablet too. They had a tablet. And so what operating system does a tablet run? I'm curious. Windows, well, probably will be Windows 8. When, um, in fact, it was Windows 8 in the demo we saw. Their tablet is a prototype. They are not 100% committed to coming out to come out with it. But uh, I think if you survey people who had seen it, they would say, get me one now. It is a, it is a serious PC gaming tablet if you could imagine such a thing. If you saw it, you've never seen anything like it because it's a 10-inch tablet that has two analog joysticks, one on either side. And the idea is, and inside it's got a powerful uh, Intel processor and discrete graphics in the tablet. And the the idea is you can play an intense PC game like Skyrim uh, on the 10-inch tablet and you hold it and either of your hand, in each hand, you've got a controller which has shoulder shoulder fire buttons and all kinds of buttons and analog sticks, and and it's a unique form factor and unique gaming experience. Is it going to replace your iPad? No, I don't, it's not meant to be a go anywhere uh, companion. It's meant to be an awesome gaming gaming experience. Now let me ask you a fast question here. Sounds like a lot of hardware in that box. What's it going to cost? Uh, you know, we didn't get a totally uh, totally straight answer on that one. I think I think it would be looking at we saw. I would say in the thousand dollar or more range, probably because you're, you're talking about something that's actually powerful enough to play these games well, uh, and and that is a hard thing to come by. So, yeah, I mean, we're probably looking at kind of a niche product, but a very attractive niche product that I could see a community uh, growing around, and maybe then you start to get things that are a little bit cheaper and a little bit scaled back using the same technology. Was there a lot shown for Windows 8 over at the CES? Windows 8 was a big theme of this year. Almost every notebook that you walk by um, that that isn't one that's been out yet is showing the uh, developer preview build of Windows 8. Everybody wants to say it. Now, this is the version of Windows 8 that was released a couple of months back? Yeah. they um, There were a couple of people who had, seemed to have a more modern version, and as soon as we looked at it, they hid it from us. We shouldn't have had this out, they said. Um, 
it was really not much to look at there. Steve Ballmer is on stage. He'll come with one of his beer cans and toss it at them. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's one of those things that, that you see a lot here is that uh, Bender, you know, just as uh, when you're in the press, uh, the companies want you to keep their secrets if they're going to show you stuff, they have to keep Microsoft secret. Uh, so, but what secrets are there with Windows 8? Don't we know pretty much everything about it at this point? Well, what is it? What is it? Donald Rumsfeld said there are known unknowns. There are unknown unknowns. This could be. There could be some unknown unknowns. Uh, but I do think people know most of what they need to know about Windows 8. That it's got a really nice, touch-friendly Metro UI. Uh, that it's going to be, you know, it's going to it's going to support ARM processors, which is pretty cool. But it won't be able to run your standard PC apps on an ARM processor, right? Uh, you know, you'll be able to run the Metro apps, but you're right. You won't be able to run, you know, you won't be able to just take a copy, I think, of Windows, uh, you know, of Microsoft Office for Windows or Photoshop for Windows and just pop it on, on there. You will need to get a version for it. So that could, you know, that could be an issue in their in in their adoption. But I have to say, it's kind of nice to see some serious competition for Intel uh, because competition makes everybody better. And I feel like in a lot of ways, AMD uh, has really kind of seeded a lot of the market to Intel. And you know, I, I went to AMD with all due respect to them. They are working on improving their, you know, their notebook performance and their desktop performance. But, you know, when you go to visit AMD, you don't see the vision thing. They don't really have an interest in, in, in really being a tablet. They don't seem to really have an interest in being a tablet company or getting into phone uh, or, or, or going mobile. And so, you know, when you, you know, you, you, if you want Intel to be incented to innovate, you have to look to people who are doing ARM. And the fact that Windows can now run on ARM means that Intel has an incentive to, to innovate and that you have the possibility of other products that could be really giving you kind of superior performance, superior battery life, or superior pricing. So it's exciting to see a whole new bunch of people enter the space. TI showed off a tablet that was running Windows 8, although they, didn't, they, they wouldn't let us see more than like the home screen. Which means, of course, it needs a lot of work. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. We're exploring the ins and outs of the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and he's not on the gambling tables. This is serious work, folks. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Hi friends, this is Jeremiah from Zeobit, the makers of MacKeeper. MacKeeper is a bundled software of 16 of the most important system utilities all located in one place. It's a really powerful and cool application that includes anti-theft, antivirus, data encryption, you can undelete files, back up your data, and so much more. We offer lifetime customer support with every license, and we really do care about you and your Mac. For more information, check us out at MacKeeper.com. Once again, that's MacKeeper.com. 
Again, the Congressional Budget Office sounds the alarm, this time warns of Greek-style U.S. debt crises. You heard me right. The GAO is drawing a parallel between the U.S. economy, its debt, and the current Greek economic meltdown. With the debt-to-GDP chart climbing into unfamiliar territory, the growing budget deficit will rise to unsupportable levels. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. The Federal Debt and Risk of Financial Crises document the CBO has published is a must-read for every American, covering the risk of continued deficit spending coupled with an aging population and the rising interest rates spell economic disaster. It's imperative that you get a copy of this document and study it for yourself. Call me today at 800-686-2237 and I'll send you a free copy. Again, call 800-686-2237 and ask for your copy of the CBO document. Once again, you need to read this government report. Call 800-686-2237. Did you know nuclear radiation is still spewing out of the melted-down reactors in Fukushima, Japan, and making its way across the entire U.S. continent, contaminating the air, water, and food? Dangerously high levels of radiation are a reality here. As a result, radiation poisoning is a distinct possibility for anyone living in the U.S., unless you do something to protect yourself. How? With Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Without a doubt, Liquid Zeolite is by far the best product to remove radiation from your body. It safely removes toxins toxins and heavy metals, boosts energy levels, and promotes a strong immune system. Liquid Zeolite is so powerful it was used to clean up contamination in Chernobyl, yet so gentle you won't even know you're taking it. Liquid Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee, but is only available at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Learn how to get free bottles of Liquid Zeolite by calling 800-880-9976. That's 800-880-9976. Or go to RestoreYourHealthNow.com. That's RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Listeners, it's Jason Lewis, and now that the holidays have come and gone, it's time to get serious about our New Year's resolutions. For 2012, resolve to protect your most valuable asset, your family. Daily, we hear about all the crazy stuff happening around the world, unemployment, food shortages, natural disasters, just to name a few. For my preparation, I recommend wisefoodstorage.com. Wisefoodstorage.com offers delicious ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff, that are packaged for freshness in individual metal mylar pouches and carry a 25-year shelf life. Visit wisefoodstorage.com today to request a free entree sample. And for a limited time, enter the promo code LEWIS to get no-cost shipping on any order. That's wisefoodstorage.com or call 855-FOODWISE. That's 855-366-3947 and enter promo code LEWIS for a free sample and free shipping on any order. Peace of mind, the greatest gift you can give to the the ones you love. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com With Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine, our special coverage of the Consumer Electronics Show. And as we continue, we're trying to find the wheat and the chaff, and we find a little bit of chaff amongst the wheat. It's becoming more and more fascinating. And this, of course, is the year that Microsoft finished their final keynote event. And so they're not going to be, at least officially or in public, at future consumer electronic shows. Has it reached a point 
where this kind of trade show is just a little bit passe? You know, I really don't think so. I, and I hope that other companies don't follow Microsoft, uh, don't follow Microsoft's lead and start pointing out of shows like this. Uh, obviously, big companies like Microsoft and Intel and Apple can run their own shows uh, and, and they can they can get their own people there. But that's really a shame. And it, it's almost like, I, I don't know, I think it's kind of mean a little bit that they're kind of, that they're not supporting the show. But I understand their reasoning, which is that they don't want to have to come up with announcements of this show, but uh, you know, they want to do it on their time and their way. Honestly, I don't think that the show will be um, destroyed without them in any way, shape or form. There's so much going on here. And this year, Microsoft really didn't do anything interesting. So it was almost like they weren't here. Okay. Um, because they're just talking about windows eight, which we know, there's nothing really new right. to present. Now, I wanted to run back to the processor wars. And as you said, AMD is there. They've obviously got the Radeon graphics processors because they bought ATI. And we always thought, okay, this is the upstart that keeps Intel on their toes. And for a while, AMD was doing pretty well. And then at the time, as a matter of fact, when Apple made their deal with Intel, Suddenly, Intel is everything when it comes to a traditional PC processor. So, you know, I know for servers, for example, we've had web servers with Xeons and AMD, and we haven't seen a great deal of difference because maybe just we weren't stretching the limits of the processors we used. But in this day and age, is AMD an alternative for anything? Does anyone have a reason to choose an AMD processor on their PC, on their server? There's not a reason not to choose them. If you get a system that's pre-built with it, then you might have a good, you'll, you'll probably have a good experience. We've certainly seen some innovation from them in terms of them getting into thinner and lighter devices with their Fusion series. At this show, they show, they demoed something called Trinity, which be, which will be their next generation um, processor, although they like to call it the APU instead of the CPU because they put the graphics chip and the and the CPU on the same uh, die, which I don't understand why they get to rename a standard meme of a part just because they put the graphics on it, which Intel also did. Uh, but, I mean, they're just not, like, you feel when you're seeing them like, yeah, we're kind of playing catch-up over here, and, but we realize now that we can't really compete. So we, we can compete on some things, we can compete on value. We can be a little bit cheaper sometimes than other people. We can come out with stuff that's really fast, but we're not. It's almost like we're not really trying for the high end. We're not trying for the high end. We're not trying for the emerging things like mobile. We're just kind of we're just kind of coming into things like the Brazos processor for mobile. They, you know, there are a couple of I think Windows tablets and the Phoenix one that use Brazos, but you know, there's no hype behind it. Because it's, it's almost like an afterthought. Well, okay, we have to have this, I guess. I mean, meanwhile, Intel, which has not been known for making low-power chips, rolled out its Nedfield chip after a lot of hype over the years, and they have a big roadmap and a big plan for how they're going to compete in this new world of low-power of low power computing. And AMD is just kind of hanging around. You know, we like to do low-power. We Look, we have some netbooks. You know, there's no reason... If you're building a computer, not to buy an AMD part because it's probably uh, you're getting better value. Uh, 
But it just seems like AMD has sort of become a value play instead of an innovator. And so who's going to innovate in this in this space besides Intel? And you have to look at you have to look at the ARM based processing companies, TI, Qualcomm, and NVIDIA. Really now that's another three. question too. Can they scale up the power of the ARM processor so it is physically capable of coming close to matching an Intel processor on a regular PC? I really think so. I mean, you've got to try the Asus ePad Transformer Prime, which is the first tablet to use NVIDIA's quad-core Tegra 3 processor. I mean, that thing really has some serious power for playing games in Android. Now, what I would love to see is take that processor and see how it actually does running Windows. And now we're going to get the opportunity to see such a thing in the near future. I mean, they didn't really show us here because they... You know, they had a couple things, NVIDIA had a couple things under glass, which was quite a shame, you know, when it came to um, their windows running on Tegra. But eventually we're going to get these these products out. We're going to get them in. And I personally can't wait to see Notebook because nobody's really talking a lot about that. They're talking about tablets of Windows 8. I can't wait to see Windows 8 Notebooks running with ARM processors and really see how they do. Because, you know, what could it mean? If you can get good, good enough performance and it gives you, you know, double the battery life or you can get good enough performance and the parts cost less than Intel charges. So that allows manufacturers to discount the product. I mean, there's just a lot of different ways in which this could really be great for users. Does the mobile revolution in terms of smartphone, because so many of these units are being sold, does that fuel the kind of innovation that they need to really get the processor power up? Yeah, it does. I mean, it's like smart. It's like phones and tablets are the as devices that are fueling innovation. You know, Ultrabooks obviously are quite innovative, um, are, but they're really inspired by the fact that people are buying tablets and phones in droves, and they want to excite people about the, the notebook again. Yeah. Really, when you look at a lot of the traditional notebook makers, they're still not doing enough to innovate. So you look at things like phones and, and tablets and you see, wow, we're really pushing the envelope. I I was expecting to see a quad-core phone at, at the show. That was a real letdown that we did not see a quad-core phone at the show. Uh, but I would, I would also be really surprised if we did not see a quad-core phone shown at Mobile World Congress, which is the last week of February, first week of March. And who knows, maybe the iPad 3 will be quad-core. It really could be. Let me ask you, Avram Pilch, where do we find more of the things that you do? Well, you can check out uh, my weekly Geek Geek column at laptopmag.com slash Obviously, go to laptopmag.com to see our... uh, to see all of our news, and, and this week in particular, uh, over the next couple of weeks, you might want to check out laptopmag.com slash CES to check back over all of our CES coverage, including our best of CES, and see what you meant. And what this means, of course, is that they are getting tons of gear to test, and you'll be right. Uh-huh. Oh, Awesome oh, amount yeah. of equipment. We got tons of five-hour energy drink to Well, you're going to need more than a five-hour energy drink to cope with that. Avram Pilch from Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Now Live. Always a pleasure. 
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. You can't argue with success, and many people have found great success in fighting back colds and flu viruses with Ali C, the world's best garlic extract. So now, it's time to get even more success with the other great quality natural products from Affinity Health Products, like C Energy Liquid Vitamins, Lose and Snooze, and the One Day Diet, or Human Growth Hormone Support, Menopause Specialist for Women, and Joint Specialist. See these and many other quality Affinity Health products for men and women online at AffinityHealthProducts.com. That's A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y-HealthProducts.com. Or call in your orders at 877-888-7126. That's 1-877-888-7126. Trust your health to the makers of Alley C, the world's best garlic extract. Affinity Health Products, the finest and most innovative natural health products available. Folks, have you lost your power and wanted to simply flip a switch to get the lights back on? If so, this is going to be the most important message you'll ever hear. Because there's never been a better time to get ready for the winter power outages ahead. Here's why. Solar power generators are now available from our friends at Solutions from Science, one of our oldest sponsors. Their emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical power when you need it most. Unlike gas generators, a solar generator runs quietly, emits no fumes, and produces electricity from the sun. It's like having an electric power plant running quietly in your own home. Whether it's ice storms, brownouts, or blackouts, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. When the power goes out this winter, you'll be ready with a solar power generator from Solutions from Science. Go to MySolarBackup.com for more information. That's MySolarBackup.com or call 877-327-0365. Don't answer it. If fear strikes your heart when the phone rings, knowing it may be another bill collector, it's time for you to call Zero Debt in 90 Days. 800-477-9256. Settlements, bankruptcy, and attorneys are not the answer and may end up costing you up to 10 times more than necessary. Listen, if you're already in debt, does it make sense to get buried in another payment plan? Zero Debt in 90 Days gets you out of debt in 90 days guaranteed without a payment plan and without attorneys or going to court. Get the fastest relief from debt on the planet 
limit when you call 800-477-9256. If you have debt with the IRS, credit cards, student loans, or a foreclosure, we can help at zero debt in 90 days, and we are the only organization to provide written guarantees on the results. Go to ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. That's ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. Or call now for free information, 800-477-9256. That's 800-477-9256. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Bill Vlahos joining us to talk about a product called InfoWallet. But before we talk about the product, let's talk about the company. Bill, how'd you get involved in this business? Well, basically, I saw a need a number of years ago that you know, part of this was uh, because my dad passed away and his estate was fairly well put together. It wasn't the big estate, but it was fairly well put together. And it was pretty overwhelming even for me to deal with. And I realized that the there's no single place where you put your life. You know, the, the old classic uh, shoebox kind of thing. You put all your receipts, um, papers, and that sort of thing in a shoebox. Um, and I was thinking there was there was nothing like that in the digital age. Do and people still today, Bill, put their records in shoeboxes anyway? My wife kind of sort of does that because she's not embracing the digital age yet, except that she's been mastering her iPad for the past six or eight months. My dad actually had a book that his uh, that his financial planner put together with so it was it was uh, very organized in a binder with tabs, um, and and even with that. There were still a lot of things that that weren't in there or were difficult to deal with. So I think that the people still keep track of a lot of this information, but they don't do it in a very organized way. And one of the things I discovered as I was uh, talking to people about the idea originally for InfoWallet is I would ask them, where do you keep your information? And this is not only financial records, but medical records, doctor visits, what medications you're taking, how do you keep track of your passwords? And I got a variety of answers that basically said most people were not keeping them in an organized place. Um, they would say, well, they're on my computer, or they're, they're in Outlook, or they're in some other program. A few people said they would put it on their PDA or, or some other things, but most people didn't really have it organized in one place. And so I said, well, this is a great opportunity to come out with a program that lets people not only organize all that stuff so that they have it, because it's hard to remember all these things, all these passwords, all these financial records, um, to have it in one place so that not only you could have it for yourself, but maybe your children or your spouse could have it, or maybe you, you know your wife maybe is the primary one who takes the kids to the doctor's office. I might not even know where the doctors are, and this way... You know, we can put the information in, and I know who they're seeing. I know what the issues are, all in one place. And then, as I as I built the program to store that information, I thought, well, wouldn't it be great to not only store the information but leverage the computer to use it? And so, you not only store passwords, for example, in InfoWallet, but with a couple of clicks, you can log into, say, a website um, based on the information that's in InfoWallet. Uh, you can get a um, history of medication. So when you go to a doctor the first time, you know they always have a couple of forms that you need to fill out. And so InfoWallet has that information. Basically, you can print it out and either take it with you and 
use that information to fill out the forms at the doctor's office, or some doctors will just take the forms as is because it's a lot of information they already have. And so by having the information with you, you can then just leverage it and use it when you need it. And this is important to point out. Now, doctors sometimes will send you by mail the questionnaire, so you have time to fill it out. But quite often it doesn't work that way. You go to the doctor's office, and as you're waiting, and very few doctors ever see you on time. No disrespect to doctors. They never see you on time. I think that's part of the game. I but, agree. Sure. Okay, so you're sitting there, and you've got three or four pages of this stuff, and you have to sit back and remember, okay, what drugs did I take? What drugs am I taking now? And the doctors need to know this because of interactions. You know, one drug has 76 side effects that may interfere with the 86 side effects of the other drug. So you can't take them together. Or if you do take them, you have to take them six hours apart. The doctor has to know this. They have to know your history. And I'll give you one example of this, and I think, Bill, you'll appreciate this, for example, that my wife went to see a new doctor, and she took blood tests. And one particular blood test showed readings that were higher than normal. I won't get into all the raw details. But if the doctor had seen the previous records, that doctor would have known this was normal for her. But the doctor was freaking out, got to order all these expensive tests and everything, and it can save everybody aggravation. Or just the fact that my wife is allergic to penicillin. You know, Mm -hmm. little simple things like that, you've got to find a way to get all this information together. So obviously medical records is significant. What other kind of records do you put into something like this? Well, one of the things that you want to keep track of is all of your financial accounts. So, you know, different bank accounts, uh, mortgage accounts, um, you know, boats, you know, any any financial records that you that you want to have, put it all in, in one place so that you can, you know, gee, what is my Bank of America account? Uh, if my credit card gets stolen, how am I going to uh, remember you know, who to contact and what the number is? So that's a, a place that people can often put information. Now, you don't, put the, you, know, you don't manage your bank account with this, but you have all of your contact information for the bank. So you know what the account number is and what the emergency number to call is, uh, that sort of thing. Um, the other thing that's useful to track is insurance. So a lot of people have, will have multiple insurance policies, both for health and auto and car and property and some other things. And so the, the whole idea is you want to keep that in one place. Basically, InfoWallet lets you do is keep all of the aspects, all of the details in your life in one place. And then another thing people want to do is they want to carry around certain documents. And so not only obvious things like wills or power of attorneys, but uh, lots of other kinds of documents. So with InfoWallet, you can attach almost any kind of document to it. And all of this can either reside on your computer or it's very portable. You can put it on a USB drive and it's completely self-contained. So you can take the USB drive and plug it into almost any kind of computer. So Mac, Windows, Linux, uh, it doesn't matter. You can plug it in. It's password protected. Uh, It's uh, using strong encryption. So all of your information is, is very secure and private, but very portable with you no matter where you go. So basically you could use your USB thumb drive as part of your keychain, for example. So it's saving it in a format then that it doesn't matter what kind of computer you have. That's correct. Oh, okay. So, you know, Linux will still be able to read PDF files, I guess even Word files. But basically it'll be able to read this, and this way you're not constrained to a specific platform in actually reading the document. 
Okay, so we're going to cover this more in the remainder of this segment, and then the next segment, more details about InfoWallet. So InfoWallet is an application for Mac, for Windows, for what? For Linux, Mac, Windows, and Linux. Okay, so it's one application for everything. That's correct. So this is a Java application? No, it's actually written in live code. So when you download the uh, the uh, software from the website, it downloads three executables, one for each platform. So when you download it to the folder, then basically you insert the, the USB drive or you have it on your computer, you run the executable that's appropriate for that computer. Okay. So basically it's all in one. Yes. Okay, that's fascinating. We'll go into some of the features here and how to set things up in a moment. But were you in the software business before, Bill, before you started with this? Uh, I've written software for I, – I'm, I'm an IT person, so I've been in the computer business for a long time. And mostly working with Macs, but with other computers as well. And I, I have written software before, but mostly for the companies that I've worked for. And so they've been typically smaller applications, uh, you know, electronic phone books, um, other kinds of log analysis tools, and lots of other things that you would want to do in a company. And I, th- I thought this would be something really useful that I could use myself, and I thought that other people could use it as well. So I thought, well, I'll start a company and, and write this software and put it online and, and see if there's interest for it. Isn't it interesting how many businesses start not because of a need to be rich and famous, but to fill a personal need? So in your case, of course, because of the death of a relative and the need to assemble information about that person's financial history, etc., you had to go through this painful experience of trying to reclaim, recover all this documentation, and put it all together. It's not always easy, and a lot of times things get lost. Bill Vlahos is with us. The company is InfoWallet. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. If you constantly feel run down and tired, your pH level might be low and your body could be full of toxins. If what you drink is not at a pH level of 8 or higher, you are inviting bacteria and acid to thrive in your body. But there is something you can do. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops to your water to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise your pH balance to optimum levels. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals in the world. Alkalizing the water you you drink, ridding your body of acidic waste and toxins, and helping you regain energy and vibrant health. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Bill Vlahos is joining us, and it's an episode about security, about protection, about a program called InfoWallet, which basically helps you assemble all the critical stuff about your life, about your family's life, Get it into a convenient application, but make sure that it is secure. So let's talk about that. We're talking about a wallet here, but we're talking about, Bill, security. So how did you research and consider the kind of security to offer in something like this? Well, actually, I'm, I'm a, a bit of a security ex- expert. I've done uh, sessions at uh, Macworld on security and virtual private networks. So I have a background in security, and so I know that 
encryption, different kinds of encryptions provide uh, different levels of support. And you, you need to have something that is both very secure but easy to use. The, the old adage about security is that the typically the more you have, the more difficult it is to use. And so you need to find the balance. You know, what is secure enough with what is something people will actually use? And so with InfoWallet, uh, it uses very strong encryption. In fact, you can even choose the uh, cipher method, uh, whether you want triple DES or AES or Blowfish. You actually get to choose that, and you get to choose the bit strength. Now, maybe we, before we go on, give our listeners maybe like a one-minute tutorial about the security and the methods of security. Basically, what you want to do is you want to protect the information so that it's very difficult to get to unless you have the right key to get into it, to unlock the, the lock for it. And that's typically done with, with encryption. And so the encryption basically scrambles the data in a way that is, is virtually unreadable unless you know exactly how to read it with the right key. And that's often done with passwords or certificates. Uh, with InfoWallet, because it's all self-contained, we do it with passwords. You actually get to choose the password yourself. There's no back door. There's no uh, other way of getting in. So if you don't know the password, you're not going to be able to get into the data. It actually uses the password as part of the encryption cipher. Okay, so the important thing here is when you set something like this up, you better make sure your password is something that you could remember or access because that's it. The correct. door is shut. That's correct. So okay. you, you yeah. want to um, pick something that you can remember. And one of the nice things is that pick that. That's the one you need to remember. And by putting all of your information in it, you then don't have to remember all of the other dozens or hundreds of passwords that you may need to get to. You remember this one. You put your passwords in here. It's very secure. But it's easy to access the other ones once you get in. Other issue here, of course, is... In entering the information, what's the means of entering the information that you need to store? Um, it, you can uh, certainly copy and paste information. You can import. So if you have information, say, uh, for your contacts in your address book, you can import import the contacts uh, in a, a V-card format. So V-card is a standard format, so you don't have to type anything over. You can just uh, drag and drop. Um, that information into InfoWallet and it'll add the records. Uh, you can also, uh, if you have documents you want to scan, uh, if they're electronic documents, you can just add them. Uh, if they're things you want to scan, you can just scan them, make an electronic document, and drag and drop that into the program as well. Some of the other things that we've added to the program to make it easier uh, let's say you want to do a business, you want to add a doctor or a pharmacy or something like that. Well, it's going to be difficult. You won't probably have their information already entered anywhere. So the InfoLot has a feature where you can uh, do a, an Internet search. It uses city search. And so you enter the, say, the person's, the doctor's name or the, the, in the city, and then it'll go and do a search, kind of like a Google or, or city search search. When you pick the it, – it shows you the, the choices. You pick the one you want, and it just enters that information for you. So it's, we try to automate things in a way that as much as possible, but otherwise it's, uh, you know, you type into the program, you know, you went to a doctor's office, um, you know, you log the visit. What did you do in the doctor's office? If there were any results, you could enter the results. Um, one of the things that you can do with InfoWallet is track all of your doctor's visits. And so you can see over time what you did, and you just take little notes 
and put it in. And at some point, when we have everything electronically medical record, uh, electronic medical records, um, we'll be able to import those in as well. But you know, most doctors' offices still do things on paper. So if you get, of course, a physical receipt that has details of the visit, you could scan that if you want. Yes. Okay. So that's another way of doing it. But basically, here there's still a proactive step on the part of the customer. They've got to enter this information. What about tax records? Um, well, the InfoWallet doesn't uh, doesn't track your taxes. It's not a it's not a, an Intuit product. But uh, you can you can scan your tax uh, your tax records each year, and you can add them just as uh, uh, like you would attach uh, uh, items to uh, an email. Uh, you can attach them so you can have a history of all of your tax records uh, or any other financial records. So maybe you have a contract you. You uh, negotiate a contract with someone. You want to keep the copy of that contract. You can import that into InfoWallet. Okay, so you can put all this stuff in. It's all categorized. Yes. Okay. Now, any other information that might be critical for a user to put into this kind of product? Well, putting things in, um, you know, you put you know, your medications in. You can put your medication history. So not only all the medications you're taking, but when you started, when you stopped, uh, when the dosage changed. Uh, and so one of the things that's really unique about InfoWallet is that you can put all of this uh, material in, so all of your doctor's visits. But wouldn't it be great to see, well, gee, what was, you know, how long have I been taking this drug? Uh, what's my history of this? Or, you know, I went to, I've, I've gone to this doctor for a long time. What have I done through this doctor? So there's a timeline feature of InfoWallet that basically lets you not only look for, you know, tracking each doctor and the history of, of that doctor, but you can have a graphical timeline that shows sort of your life, your life history. And it overlays taking medical medications, seeing doctors, um, you know, that sort of thing. So you really get a, not only a, a timeline of your life, but uh, you can then see, make associations. Gee, I, I had an automobile accident and I saw three different doctors and several of them prescribed different medications. So you can now use this information to see, did I have a reaction to any of those things or, or what happened? And so by, by entering all the information, you can then leverage it out by going, so what did I do then? You know, did I ever take this medication before? Did I have a, a, a reaction to it? Did it work? Um, you know, there's a lot of medications people take that, for whatever reason, don't work. And so you can, you can note that down. All right. So you have a demo version available from your site. What does the demo version let you do and what does it not let you do? It's pretty full-featured. Really, the only two limitations that it has is uh, it has a 50-day uh, time limit. And you can do all of the import, uh, you know, V-cards, other kinds of uh, documents, import, um, but you can't export it. So when you can import it, you can test it out. You know, a lot of people, InfoWallet's very fast, so a lot of people say, hey, I want to load 10,000 contacts in my uh, InfoWallet to see how well it works. You could do that with the demo version. So it's pretty full-featured. The only thing it doesn't do is, you know, it expires after the, uh, the end of the 50 days. So you have 50 days to start getting your information in there, decide if this is the kind of thing you want. Now, you offer an individual version, also a family version. How big a family? Well, if they have seven kids or something. 
that's perfectly fine. There's, there's basically three versions. There's individual, which is just you, couple, you and whoever you want to designate as, a, as the other part of your couple, uh, and family, and it's a very... Um, it's a very generous version of family. So um, if you've got seven kids, all seven kids, it includes, uh, you can th- you can think of it as one de- degree of separation. So all of your children, your spouses, your parents, or anybody who's living in your household. Tell us where we can get more information. You can go to infowallet.com and all of the information is there. There's some video tutorials. The, you can download the software there. Uh, it's very inexpensive. You can... Once you do the trial version, if you decide you like it, um, you can um, go online, uh, buy it. The uh, the license is instantaneous. Okay, very good. Thank you so much. We're going to tell our listeners, if you want to reach us, just write to news at techniteowl.com, news at techniteowl.com. On Twitter, it's techniteowl. And, of course, we have the other radio show about UFOs, things that go bump in the night, and about ancient artifacts this week on the Paracast. At Paracast.com, Bill Vlahos, thank you for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week, same bad time, same bad channel.